everybody. Welcome to Smavcast episode again. Um, and tonight we have another affiliate school feature episode. It's going to be an awesome episode. We have Kenny Navarro from the Phoenix Saber Academy, and of course the president of the Saber Martial Arts Foundation, Alan Venable, who is in fact the founder of the Phoenix Saber Academy and has been Kenny's uh, Sifu, I guess, for a long time, right? I call you Sifu just because I have a ton of respect for you and think it's a good name for you. But uh, Kenny really called you Sifu for real. Is that correct, guys? Or am I totally off base here? More, more or less, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, yeah. you called me sir. Technically, you called me sir. Okay. Well. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Kenny, it's it's a super big pleasure to have you on the show. I just told you that. So tell us mm-hmm. a little bit about you, man. Like, uh, wh- I know about you. Alan knows about you. Tell anyone who doesn't. So I actually started, um, I'm actually a teacher at the same place where um, I found Alan. Um, it was like 2013, so about eight years about so. And I had a martial arts experience back when I was like 12 years old, Taekwondo. So I was a Taekwondo, of course. And... I did some other things too, and around 2013, um, went back to martial arts, and that's where I first found the same place where I work right now. I've been doing stuff, and I've been tagging along with him, with Alan for with the license stuff ever since uh, 2015. <laughs> I think that's more or less accurate. Yeah, Kenny's actually been around uh, uh, everybody. He was there when I met everybody, so. Uh, all of that's right wins and all of, and the san diego sabers when we first started hanging out that was uh kenny was there right. yep around palm desert where we met uh Cottono and the san diego saber dudes mm-hmm. that's when, when i pretty much met everyone by proxy well i was gonna say uh kenny we kind of met by proxy as well um i had spoken to alan a little bit through messenger because of his feature on the san diego sabers podcast um and Mm -hmm. you know um i kind of knew of you but didn't know you and then uh, you showed up to the igc tournament in 2018 and fought in that in your full darth maul get up um that's right epic epic uh when i say full darth maul get up kenny does a lot of cosplay, really into cosplay. I'm sure we'll get into that over the course of the episode. But his actual combat fencing helmet and armor are also set up to look like Darth Maul and Alan's, as we saw a couple episodes ago in the Sparkives, totally look, set up to look like Savage Press. So yeah. these two My cats Cyrax. from Phoenix show up all, all dope at swords and uh, showing up looking like Zabrak brothers. And uh, yeah. then they take their fencing helmets off and they look like they could be brothers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and indeed, they're brothers in arms. So, um, Alan, I don't know. Tell us a little bit about Kenny from your perspective. So a true master makes other masters, right? That's the that, that's what that's I've been said. your theme. And it's a good one. And I feel like what happens is when somebody finds their passion, and somebody actually decides, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm really into this. I want to spend 51% of my waking hours doing this. That's, that's how I would define if you're passionate about something. 
are, are you spending more than half your waking hours doing? Then, yeah, you, you you found it. You found the thing that will feed your soul, not necessarily your wallet, but your soul, right? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, what happens? It's what you want, actually. Yeah, yeah. So, what happens is like you get this moment of enlightenment, right? When you when you realize it. And it's a moment of uh, the uh, Japanese word for it is satori, right? I think I might be butchering the, the pronunciation, but it's a, it's a glimpse of enlightenment. And if you're lucky, you get three of them in your life. And I was fortunate enough to get it at a young age. And when Kenny walked into our dojo, uh, I recognized the same thing in him. Now, there was a, you always you always want to feel as a teacher, you're, you're always a little bit guarded, you know, because you're like, I see so much potential in you, but I don't know if I can get you to see that potential, right? Which is, is, which is a thing that uh, I, I feel like most students don't realize happens. Yeah, not to interrupt you, but I feel like that's a, that's a big challenge as a martial arts teacher is like when a student doesn't see their own potential, you, you kind of worry for their like future commitments. You're like you could be so good at so many things and here you are not realizing that. Well, that's the thing, right? How you do one thing is how you do everything. And if you are really good at something and you find the passion for it and you, and you spend, like I said, more than half your waking hours doing it, then you actually do. Now, uh, when I first met Kenny, he was into it. It's cool. And he, he went step by step through the process of deciding he wants to become a black belt. And then, uh, we gave him the opportunity because we we saw something in him. Uh, I, by we, I mean the team that uh, we have at our school. We saw uh, that he was doing very well, and he was uh, basically uh, I don't want to say the word gifted, but he was. You could tell that the enthusiasm he had for kung fu and the passion that he 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 did because you could tell he practiced uh, outside of class bled into other students and that's kind of one of the things you 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 look for in somebody that's an instructor right okay i'll take a hundred kennies tomorrow (laughs) right and and you you want to strike while the iron's hot when you see that um and uh, i've i've spoken to kenny uh, about about this you know several times before Mm because one of the things we we do as uh martial artists is we look at our lineage uh not just where our lineage comes from but where our lineage is going and I decided, I believe, one summer to get, were there five of you or were there eight of you? I forget. But there, there was a bunch of young and upcoming students that were uh, invited to a special seminar. It was an uh, all summer long, like we called it a master's apprentice uh, summer. Mm-hmm. Basically, they'd show up yes. and they'd, they'd teach uh, they'd learn how to teach. They'd learn all the special, cool stuff, you know, that made them feel like they were, you know, a lot more qualified than all the other students so that as an instructor, they could have that confidence about them. So I think that summer I taught a drunken immortals boxing. I taught mm-hmm. palm. I taught uh, drunken sword. I, I taught a bunch of just cool stuff that chances are they've never seen or will probably never see again unless they, you know, knock on my door. Right. <laughs> Start tomorrow. Yeah, right, right. And, and so what happens, 
uh, when that happen, uh, happens is you can kind of see, even if you have potential, does it really feed your soul? Is it something that you really do? And these kids did it. And they, uh, they went through the process. I even got them special shirts for it. And then uh, one by one, you know, as we grow as people, sometimes our passions change. And with a couple of them, some of them went to the military, some of them had to move because that's kind of how life goes. Uh, some of them uh, decided, you know what, I do want to do this, but I don't want to do it right now. You know, and they're still going to the school right now, actually learning from Kenny, uh, <laughs> yeah. who, started, who started after them, but now uh, is, a, is a third degree black belt, you know, as, uh, you know, while they're still in the first degree. You know, so part of part of the way our lineage works is that you put in the time, you can go up for your next belt a little bit faster. If you are teaching, if you are living the teachings, right? If you if you're teaching uh, five three to five classes a day, then we cut your time in half, right? Because you've been doing it three to five times more than everybody else has done it, right? And you've been explaining it three to five times more than everybody else has done it. So uh, Kenny actually uh, cut his time in half for, for his second and third degree. Um, and that's kind of how, how he's at that level now. And he's gone through the process of becoming a junior instructor um, way back when, right? feels like a hundred years ago, huh, Kenny? Right. <laughs> for then, facial hair, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> Is uh, that your meter? <laughs> I like that meter. Yeah. 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 For facial he, hair, he, yeah. Yeah, he became an assistant instructor after a while. And then uh, right now you are a certified instructor working to mm -hmm. become a head instructor, right? And and part of the way our lineage, and this is just the way our lineage goes, is, is that you have to hit certain metrics, right? You have to be able to not just teach, but can you have a student body? That's, there's, there's a difference, right? Mm -hmm. you, yeah. You, Anybody can like have a weekend seminar and, and never see anybody again. The the word is uh instruct that I like to use. Anybody can yes. Anybody can be an instructor in air quotes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it, it it's a thing where if we look at it and actually see what it is that a sifu or a uh, certified instructor in this case um, does, and it's basically make black belts. And Kenny has gotten to that point where he started, he's been on the journey with people to their mm -hmm. first degree black belt and a couple of second degree black belts now. And so he's getting to the point where it's, it's perpetuating the lineage, right? So when I see, when I see somebody like that's doing that and doing that, the, the hardest thing to do is stop doing what you're doing and step away. But that's what you have to do in order, in order to grow, right? Yeah. It's the it's like uh, the analogy I, I, I gave was uh, that little stick that holds up the ficus tree. You know, eventually you have to remove that stick. Yeah, you know, it has to grow this particular way. Mm -hmm. But once it outgrows the stick, then what are you doing? That's a really cool um, like metaphor for for any discipline and uh, for all types of teachers because it is tough. It is tough to see your students go past. Uh, I, it's tough. You don't want to be like arrogant. You don't want to be self-centered, but like it's tough to see your students go past you. Right. And, and that's the thing is. Uh, but you want to see them go past some you. Some teachers don't have the capacity to do that. 
I, I happen to be in a place where I could step away. Um, now, if if it was my only my my sole income, and I bought the building and it was my money and my name on everything, then I probably wouldn't have been able to just step away and say, "Can you run the school?" You know. Yeah, but you probably could have right. trusted him to run the classes while you run the school. Exactly, and and that's that's mm -hmm. the thing is, uh, and I mean, Kenny, you can you can uh, interject at any time here. Let me just say, Kenny, that was a hell of an intro from Alan, and I I really believe every word he's ever said about you, not just like just now, not because you're on the camera, but any word Alan has ever said about you, I 100% believe, because that's been my experience meeting you. I've met you two or three times now, and uh, uh, yeah, quite right. <laughs> plus, plus, just like chatting and stuff, you know, through Facebook and what have you, but. Mm -hmm. I 100% believe every word that Alan's ever said about you. And um, I've seen them evidenced physically in you and not just like, okay, yeah, it's clear that Kenny has a passion for martial arts beyond what the average really good martial artist has. You know, like there's a lot of people who are really good at martial arts, but most of their time is spent thinking about other stuff. And I feel like right. Kenny's constantly thinking about martial arts, constantly thinking about cool martial arts movies he's seen, constantly thinking about martial arts and video games he's seen, constantly right. thinking about lightsabers. Point one right now. Yeah, tell him what you were doing before the podcast. I'm telling He's probably still doing it. <laughs> so actually, um, before everyone met up, I was actually playing Ghost of Tsushima. So, of course, Dan Rice Storage. Dude, movie, how did I know like you were going to say Ghost of Tsushima? When that game came out, you were like <laughs> – uh, we'll just say I could sense it. Your your such and such was audible, Alan. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah the the crying the crying cries of Mongols dying is a big indicator. Uh, so anyway, besides that, you're like actually like a really good martial artist, and getting better. The, I was gonna say you're not like getting worse every day. Um, you, well, you love to practice when Alan said, yeah. Oh, he practices outside of class. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you have a student who practices outside of class. Oh, uh, that's to me, man. I can't suck. <laughs> I have a handful like, but out of 200, I have a handful. Um, sorry. I love all my students, but seriously, like all these years, that's the one thing that I've been trying to get people to realize helps you practice. That's, that's again, the, uh, the gauge for passion, right? Right. At one hundred percent. Do you do it outside the time that you are supposed to be doing it? Right. Yeah. If you had an hour slated in your day to do it, are you spending the other twenty three thinking about that hour? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, that cut his actual time towards yeah. progression in half. And yes, that's true. You know, uh, I am not doing this. I promise. I'm not patting myself on the back. But I skipped second degree black belt. Yeah. Outright. That's awesome. That being said, yeah, I was there for, I right was on. I know. You were super excited when you, when you I told was me. So, I was so happy, but oh, like, oh, he's that good. No, I had no clue. I yeah. thought I was going for a second degree. And then my mm -hmm. instructor and his instructor, who is one of the, you know, he's a quote unquote 10th degree. And I say quote unquote, he's a really, he's like a master, but you know, he's a 10th degree because there needs to be some, you know what I yeah. mean? Mm -hmm. There needs to be some 10th degrees. And my T 
teacher is a ninth degree, begrudgingly, I might add. Um, <laughs> and, At a certain uh, point, it becomes that. Just like, yeah, yeah, just no, so seriously. Knows. And I All took right. that third degree kind of begrudgingly as well. But at the same time, I felt so like um, impassioned is a good word for it and newly impassioned because yes. it was like, oh, my gosh, somebody actually realizes that I think about this stuff 100% of the time. And Kenny, for, for Alan to just – I didn't know that about you. I didn't know that you had kind of been like – accelerated a little bit which is awesome and well deserved from my perspective and alan sent me your whole third degree black belt test by the way you didn't know that until just now i don't think uh i watched every minute of it no i told him okay good Uh, yeah memory's always shady but yeah i watched every minute of it and it was just within a few months after i had earned my own third degree so i was really really curious and super like i don't know if proud is the right word but i felt like there was like a a, a real like kinship there um right. between us so one since one then yeah yep. seriously that like never give up attitude yeah yeah and um on top of that you're just like a cool dude man <laughs> yeah it, um can the rufio hair tell you a cool <laughs> yeah he did he did just like his hair out into the rufio do if you don't know who Rufio is, uh, stop this episode. Go watch Hook. Okay, continue, Alan. I'm sorry. The best oh, no, honor down I was just going to say, you know, big ups to Dante Brasco. <laughs> <laughs> Zuko for no, life. But no, no. That, it's was my, that was the original, you know, Dante Brasco that I that I fell in love with. I was like, oh, yeah. Bangarang for life, bro. Yeah. Oh, he died. Oh, spoilers. kenny you said you started in taekwondo which a lot a lot of people do and was kung fu immediately was kung fu immediately after that um technically i did like a a short bit of boxing um when i was like i was 14 um and after that i was busy with school and you know go emo teenager all that stuff and i when i was 17 that's when i found out and then the school is actually like about five minutes away where I live, and and my mom brought me here, brought me to Kung Fu because okay, you have passion martial arts beforehand, and we're trying to find get your ass something to do. So <laughs> I tried it, I tried it out, and I'm like, oh great, oh, it's been a while, and especially in the kicking part because you know the Taekwondo does up kicking. <laughs> so um, so yeah, and after after a while, I stuck around. I began progressing more obsessed and. Uh, the fires of martial arts been reignited pretty much, so the more I continue to train. Now, part of that though is uh, the camaraderie of your peers, right? Like I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here if I wasn't with that first instructor class I was with, you know. And Kenny actually went up with a, a, a small instructor class as well, mm-hmm. and he actually uh, uh, was was with there with his kung fu brothers, uh, Sonny and Cody. Who mm-hmm. uh, who embraced him as you know one of us, one of us, one of us. Is that an official shout out? Can we give them an official shout out, Sonny, Cody? Thanks for listening to Smathcast, fellas. Hoorah, Sonny. Yeah, both of those guys also uh, served in our military, so you know, thank you for your mm-hmm. thank you for your service. Yeah. Oh, really? Truly? Well, thank you, gentlemen. We really appreciate you in a big way. Uh, I'll kick I'll kick your ass, Sonny. 
<laughs> but thank so, you for your but, service. Yeah. Well, part of that, that that's that's what you need sometimes, right? You need you need the the uh, the elder student, uh, the student that's just above you, that's help saying, "Yeah, man, I see something in you that I saw in myself. Let's spar, or let's practice this, or we'll do this." And then, you know, uh, on the other side, uh, for was it for your first degree or or was it uh, Cody's first degree? We did a I, I challenged uh, he, uh, Kenny, and Cody to uh, choreograph a duel. It was my first degree. It was it was his first degree black belt. He they choreographed a lightsaber duel, and so that that was part of their uh, black belt test. Shut up, seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for my like, I earned my first black belt in 1997, but I earned my first degree like a shodan, a true shodan in. Uh, 2014 and guess what i did lightsaber kata there you go <laughs> what are you nerd <laughs> kenny we're like bros bro uh, they, did, they did break a blade during that time or, or shut up i love you guys so <laughs> yes. much it was actually i had the uh, dark mall saber and one of the ends was a little loose and i think just one hit um that end flew to almost one of our maps one of our master teachers, uh, Master Campbell, at the time, <laughs> luckily dodged just in time, and, and, and everyone and I, me and Cody just kept on going to choreography and like, okay, that happened. And we just kept do. on going. Show must go on. Yep. <laughs> Was Wushu like Alan? Would you call what you taught there Wushu in a general sense, or would you use a different term? Okay, so. If, we, if, if we're going into the Chinese translation of Wushu, Wushu means martial art, right? But Wu is combat. It's uh, fighting. It's action, right? Wu. So it literally does mean martial arts. Yeah. And then Shu is art, right? Kenny's doing uh, so martial arts over here. So martial arts movie, it's called the Wu <laughs> I have to move. Right? It's Wuxia uh, for martial movie, right? Um, oh, I had never heard that term. Yeah, it's it, Wuxia. Um, and the, the Wujin is, is the five elements. There's a whole bunch of things, right? But when we talk about Kung Fu, it says Kung Fu on, on over my, uh, our, our, our dojo door, because we're not just teaching the martial part, right? We're not just teaching the art part. Kung Fu, if you look at the uh, kanji, right? Uh, the Kung or Gong, depending on which part of China you're from, is uh, a guy pushing a plow. It's the symbol for strength, right? That's that first part. The second part is a tree sprouting from the ground. Uh, mm-hmm. So the result of that strength or, or that work. So when we look at Kung Fu, Kung really means work. Right? Oh. And then Fu is mm-hmm. actually, uh, gen- generally speaking, time or, or uh, the result of time, right? So work over time equals skill right when we say kung fu it's it's great skill so you can have great skill in you know cooking you know if you put the time effort and energy into learning how to cook eventually you have great skill in cooking uh if you put the time effort and energy into painting right whatever type of paint you're into Mm -hmm. sculpting any type of art right or any type of trade you will have good kung fu so you could have a plumber that has great kung fu, but it's it's in pipes. That just like 
you know how in like those old i always make references to old weekend kung fu cereals spaghetti westerns and stuff like that i i always make these references and they're always like my kung fu is better than your kung fu which is superior to the kung fu of the other right Right. and like that's like a a common theme in these movies but now you're like you're laying it out in a way that I'm like, well, maybe that wasn't as dumb of a sentence as I thought it was when I was 12 years old. That's the beauty of, of just saying Kung Fu because people equate it to culturally speaking, you know, black belt theater or, you know, the Kung Fu movies in the seventies. Cause Kung yeah, Fu Jackie was, Chan, was Bruce a, Lee, uh, right. Yeah. It was just like this pad phrase to, to show awesome kicking, punching, flipping around sort of a thing, which is awesome. I mean, that stuff looks great on film. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. and, and Wushu actually wasn't um, coined until like the 80s. Is that really when that happened? Yeah. It, so in the late 70s, when they create uh, after the Cultural Revolution and they, they decided, no, actually, we should start teaching people our culture. All uh, They actually went around with a, a documentary crew and went to different districts in China. And uh, I don't know, Kenny, if you have any of these, but I have a ton of these videos. But they went and captured family kung fu, like these things that people kept secret for for ages. And uh, they're like, no, 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 no. Uh, we, I, yes, we are communists and everything like that, but this is part of our culture. This is, this is something we want to preserve yeah. over time. So uh, they actually went and did that. And that's when they decided to start calling it Wushu is the, the late 70s, early 80s, uh, hmm. so much so that they actually uh, created a whole team based upon that. They put together a little red book uh, for yeah, for an academy in Beijing, mm-hmm. and that was the first, uh, the Beijing Wushu Academy. And they called it Wushu to coin it martial art, not, you know, Kung Fu, Black Belt Theater. Right. You know, so they that that was like to give it a, as, a sense of le- legitimacy almost. Yeah, because they, they realized like after all these films in Hong Kong were becoming very famous for, you know, the these these things at, at the time, Hong Kong was not controlled by China. Right. But uh, but it right. was, you know, it was still Chinese, uh, even though it was run by the British. But they uh, they realized that, no, 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 we, we have to claim that. Uh, so like China the huge country decided, no, no, that's ours. You know, we're going to call it, it's going to be Chinese. It's going to be a part of our culture. That's ours. Right. Um, so that's basically why that all happened. Um, and Wushu. Uh, so I don't know if you know this, Kenny, but uh, Grandmaster Jin Hung was mm-hmm. one of the first drafted into that team. Oh, so one of our, <laughs> yeah. One of our lineage uh, is actually Grandmaster Jin Hong Lee. Uh, who lives in Phoenix and he runs a World Martial Arts Academy. He uh, actually is part, was part of that first Wushu team. The other person that he bunked with Jet Li. was Jet Li. <laughs> so Jet Li's elder, eldest Kung Fu brother is my is one of our teachers. For listeners, can you spell that gentleman's name? Sure. Jin Hong. J-I-N-H-E-N-G. Jin Hong. Li. L-I. I have heard of this gentleman before. Yes, you yeah, have. has a dope rope dart uh, performance. <laughs> oh, uh, he he presented uh, this. The Beijing Wushu team presented on the White House lawn. Shut up. 
and he was one of them. So this is the lineage that you guys are having the privilege of listening to right now. Okay. <laughs> it's a big deal. Um, Kenny, as, as a black belt or black sash or whatever the correct terminology is for people who are curious. Yeah, black belt's good. Black belt. I, I was going to say Alan always says black belt. So I figured mm-hmm. that was fine. It's, it's easier to, uh, it's easier to correlate. Well, my, I'm, I'm working at a MMA slash Kung Fu school now and the Kung Fu teacher calls it a black belt as well. So, um, that's good for people to, to hear too. Um, but anyway, when you hear all this like historical stuff and I see you over here nodding your head, other people can't see that, but you're nodding your head and you're saying yes and whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Um, is that part of earning a black belt for you is learning some of the history and the sociology almost of your um, particular martial arts? Oh, definitely. It, every time I get the chance to learn, there's a, there's a feeling, okay, I'm learning something that's been passed around for probably centuries or definitely generations and um and again of course these variations details change but there's a sense of oh wow there's a special thing i'm wearing something that no one else not the common uh, person would ever know and i was also that person or you know that special version what have you because i've been taught many taught things many different ways because i'm you know people <clears throat> but yeah it's there's a sense of okay i'm preserving this lineage so it's bigger than me, and it even feels even more better if I can pass it on to, let's say, another student that I'm currently myself teaching. You just jumped right ahead of me, and I'm happy you did. That's what the next thing I was going to ask you is how much of I can read your mind. Yeah, you can't. We're we're brothers. We're clearly discovering this. How much of what you do in class to class do you do? You sort of sift some of this information in to, for people because I imagine. Like the average beginner doesn't care that much, but the average advanced student has to almost be taught to care about this stuff. In a way, it's, and again, sometimes for me personally, I sometimes feel a little bit, okay, this, is, this comes from this too, let's say even the base, but that's more so me. I do a little more explanations in both. My teaching style is more just doing, but I do explain, okay, this came from this too, uh, particularly more like our black belt slash red belts below the black belts. Okay, this came from this, or the reason for this, what have you. I'm curious why, like, Kung Fu stuck with you, because you did other martial arts, you know? So, mm-hmm. so what was it about Kung Fu then that you were like, well, this is going to be my Kung Fu, So to use Alan's kind of definition? There's uh, various reasons. Part One reason is um, because I, personally, I want to have a commitment, oh, I started something, I ended something that I really enjoy. And it, it could be any martial art at that point, but at that point, at that time when I was going back to martial arts kung fu, I said, "Okay, I want to finish something." And first, we black belt. Even though at the time, I was like, "Oh, I just want to get doing activity again." And more progress, um, I began to enjoy kung fu for you know, there's so much to learn, like different variations. Like, um, of course, uh, I got my first degree on Hungar, or we call it five in this, and there's other stuff like. Um, the Northern Shaolin Long Fist. Oh, there's so many weapons. Tai Chi, Wing Chun. There's so many variations of this umbrella term Kung Fu. So I was like, that that of uh, interest a lot. And and also part another big reason is the community. So um, like Alan said, I had you know, my Kung Fu brothers, my bros. Uh, 
during my training, especially to become an instructor. So I have this, this community, especially, and even I even made best friends being during my time in that my training, and that kind of helped me stuck around. If, otherwise, if I just be by myself, I'd be, okay, I probably would do repeat the same thing in Taekwondo. Is okay, uh, just mind my own business and see see how long it'll last. <laughs> right. That that's the the thing about uh, every instructor I've ever talked to has had a story of like, yeah, they embraced me. I was part of a group. I was part of a family. I was embraced like I was a Kung Fu brother or, or like a son. Every single time I listen to a, a martial arts podcast or see a, a video or, or anything of an instructor or somebody that got to the black belt, their first degree black belt and then kept going, that's always their experience. So um, those of you that are instructors listening to this, that's what you wanna do for your students. You want to create an environment conducive to learning, but also create a environment conducive to community. Because if you don't have a community, if you, if you, if you don't have a group of like-minded individuals, then you might as well be teaching a weekend seminar at the Y and never see that person again. Yeah, and you don't need to agree on everything, but like you can agree that you love to teach martial arts, right? Or that you love to take martial arts or, or practice. And part of that is, 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 is like, we talk about the family tree, we talk about the lineage, right? So Kenny just talked about um, our lineage in uh, our first degree black belt in, in the studio is the, probably the most wide known uh, martial arts. Uh, in, in like, when you think of Kung Fu, you think, oh, tiger style, you yeah, know, yeah. and mm-hmm. Nick style and all this. Right. That's the five animal Kung Fu or Hangar or Hanga. Again, depends on what part of China. Right. <laughs> But it's, it's a thing where if you don't realize where it comes from, you're doing a dance, right? Mm-hmm. The, it, it becomes just, yeah, he told me to do this instead of, no, okay, this is actually, if you think of your form or your kata and how it was researched and how it was developed and, and who that person is in that book that you saw it in or on the poster on the wall, you realize, oh, okay, that guy, oh, that guy's, that guy is important. Who taught him? Who taught him, them? And blah blah blah. And you realize you have you have a pretty solid lineage, right? So we do uh, Shaolin, uh, a Shaolin version of uh, Five Animal Fist. And if you look at Hungar forms, you'll see like this is the core form. We might tweak a little bit here and there, but this is the mm-hmm. core form, and it comes from um, <clears throat> like the guy on our wall. Islam Sai Wing, who is known as the Magnificent Butcher. Hold on. Is that an episode title? Is that an episode title in the making? Uh, Kenny, you might you might get to be the Magnificent Butcher. Continue, Alan. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. It's fine. Because Lam Sai Wing is, was not supposed to learn Kung Fu. Right? <laughs> so uh, let's, if we go in the Wayback Machine, right? Who learns Kung Fu? Royalty? And the military, right? That'd be the oldest son. Those are the only people that would learn Kung Fu. Oh, and maybe a monk because they, they don't deal with society. Mm-hmm. But right. the, the thing about it is that if you're just a potter or in Lampside Wing's case, a butcher or anything, you wouldn't spend your life. You wouldn't have time. There, there was no strip mall dojo to go to. Right. Right. You'd work from sunup to sundown to try to just survive you know, try to put food on the table at the end of the day, right? 
and then you do it again the next day and the next day and the next day so along comes uh the west to kick kick us in the butt right right and big opioid crisis you know in in china during this time which you'll see tons of movies on because of a young gentleman called wong fei hong wong fei hong okay another name i've heard before yep because there's about 360 movies about him yeah. right really played by many actors many actors some of which you know jackie chan jackie chan play, plays him plays him in the drunken master jet oh, Li yeah i've plays seen that movie a hundred times uh yeah, Jet, Jet Li plays plays him in once the Once Upon a Time in China series. Sammo Hung plays him in Around the World in Eighty Days, <laughs> actually. Um, and, Donnie, uh, <laughs> Donnie Yen plays him. Wait, is that for real? So I've heard this name so many times that like it's almost embarrassing to admit. Yeah, Wong Fei Hung is very famous, right? Uh, so in this decade, Ip Man. Right, is very famous. Yeah, because that's like the kung fu name like, these and, days. Yeah, right, true. and you're like, oh yeah, because he taught Bruce Lee, which is super famous, right? But if you go back and you go back and you go back, you can still see you can see the lineage, right? So when you look at it, uh, Lam Sai Wing shouldn't have learned kung fu, but all these people were calling the Chinese the weak men of Asia. So Wong Fei Hung was like, well, screw that, we're not gonna we're not gonna deal with that. We're gonna make everybody strong. We're gonna teach everybody kung fu. <laughs> so Wong Fei Hung, he he organized the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, so the boxers were basically just anybody that would take a class, any Chinese uh, that was proud to be Chinese and to fight off the Western influence. Uh, and so Lam Sai Wing was taught by Wong Fei Hung, who was taught by his dad, Wong Kei Yin, which you'll see in Iron Monkey, because uh, Donnie Yen plays Wong Fei Hung's dad. In Iron Monkey, that's for you, Courtney. Uh, and then Wong Tae is, is the guy before him. Lu Achi, Lu Kai. I'm not sure exactly how to say his name. Before that, uh, was the first student of one of the only survivors of the Qing Dynasty burning down the China, the, the Shaolin Temple for like the third time. So a couple of monks. So because the monks uh, of Shaolin basically just did Kung Fu to try to get themselves, you know, uh, to enlightenment, basically, because they realized that you can't house a strong mind in a weak body. They trained Kung Fu, uh, taught by soldiers that were, were uh, seeking refuge there, right? And they were inspired. Uh, so Monk Zishan, who is uh, credited with the lineage, he was the guy that that taught uh, Lu Chai, which then taught Wong Tae, and then uh, then Wong Kei Yin, Wong Fei Hong, Lam Sai Wing, who then taught Buk Sam Tong, who then taught Jerry Cook, and then taught me, then taught Kenny. Not to be insensitive to people's names or cultures, but holy crap, how did you just say all that crap? I'm bowing to those esteemed martial arts masters, but holy crap, how do you remember that stuff? Like I said, you, if you're passionate about something, you learn all about it, right? Yeah. Shut up, Fode. Shut up, Fode. Learn. It, it's one of those things, though. Like, if you if you see somebody else talking about their lineage, it should kick you in the butt and go, where does mine come from? Well, I that's why I brought it up to Kenny about, like, um, 
was it something that was important when he was training versus is it something that's important? And clearly it is because both of you are talking about it. Right. It progressively gets important. But it's something I'm huge into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and with my black belts, especially people that have earned a first degree black belt under me, I'm like, well, now you kind of have a responsibility to not like be a total scrub mm-hmm. when it comes to your lineage. <laughs> You know, because truthfully, like we're I'm just doing the moves, we're, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a second generation Ed Parker Kenpo black belt, which mm-hmm. like that's mad close to the big man. Um, yeah. And I didn't know that um, until my teachers told me that. And then when my teachers told me that I was like, holy crap. I got a lot of reading to do, don't I? Because that's your grandparents and uncles and aunts you're talking about in a big way. Yeah, yeah it, it, it's it's like, where does my last name come from? Yeah, it's exactly like that. It's 23 and Me for martial artists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you <he's> spitting. <laughs> but yeah, but that's only right. one of the many martial arts that Kenny has been, uh, you know, taught. Because the way uh, my teacher uh, decided to teach me was he brought other masters into his school and said, okay, well, this is the master that that does uh, Northern Shaolin Long Fist. And this is the master that does uh, Five Animal Fists. And he learned it from this guy. So we look at that. Okay, great. This is the guy that does Bagua. This is the guy that does the Xing Yi. These are all my peers and these are these are my teachers. So I would like them to teach me and you guys can be in the same room with us. Dude, 100%. <laughs> I remember a couple years ago, I had and I'm going to give him a big shout out uh, uh Mr. Scott Schwishow of um Revolution Modern uh Self-Defense in um North Carolina. Awesome martial artist, amazing martial artist. Earned his first degree black belt with my dad actually in 1996. And um, this guy comes to my class a few years ago. Okay, he's in town to earn his fifth degree black belt. And whose awesome. class does he show up to? Mine. Nice. Like, whew, talk about the pressure being on. But not not only that, like he's like totally calling me sir. And I'm like, shut up. (laughs) Wait, I have respect. Yeah, like, but I mean, this is somebody, uh, if I'm being totally real, okay, this is the person I wanted to be like when I was a kid. Right. I mean, the person. I used to like watch him do martial arts and be like, oh, that's, I have to be better than that guy if I want to be any good at all. Right. You know? Um, so why did I bring this up? I don't even remember. You guys just got like, you guys got me. Yeah. Lenny. I mean, it comes back to bite you, but in a good way, you know, in a good way. Um, (laughs) Kenny, you, you talked about, or Alan rather, you said like, this is just one of the many martial arts that Kenny, like the DNA of martial arts is really in lightsabers. So, Kenny, were you like a Star Wars fan of before going into Kung Fu, or did you like kind of become a lightsaber fan? How many parts if you're perfectly willing to castle run? I, I've been in Star Wars um, 
when I came out my mom's womb. So then when Alan was like, when Alan was like, let's incorporate lightsabers into the curriculum. It's at the time <clears throat> it was very great. Cause that was during, I think it was during that time when force awakens was, uh, about to be released. Um, that's when Alan started to fall, incorporate the, the whole lightsaber class. I remember the day we just showed some full Jedi robe, and I was in my, my scrub ass as a red belt at the time. I wore a dark mall mask and a black hoodie <laughs> and just participated. Yeah. yeah, I was, yeah, I don't think I had the mask anymore, but um, well, yeah, I was just swinging some bootleg ass lightsaber, just hey, I wanted, and at the time I had some um, weapon string. <laughs> um, oh, and that's actually the first time I ever done any weapons uh, through Alan. Um, my first weapon was the uh, the non-doubt. Is a stubborn broadsword that's no curves, it's just flat blade, just one edge. And that's my first. Does that kind of look like a period. longer butterfly knife? Yes, I love that. Pretty much, yeah. That is one of my favorite of yeah. the kung fu swords. Prongs and everything. Oh, it's such mm -hmm. a great sword. Oh, we had one of those on our weapon rack that I used to play with all the time. I had no clue what the name was, and then I asked Alan a few years ago. I was like, "What is this thing?" So the uh, the Nandao right non just means southern Dao just means blade so you know so it's it's a it's whenever uh you you talk to somebody that is chinese and they say Dao, they just mean knife or blade wow. yeah it's not necessarily mm -hmm. a sword so if somebody tells you to hand them a Dao, it might be a butter knife you don't know yeah <laughs> you know but it's it's main, mainly the uh the the, right. the idea of the non Dao is uh to embrace the the southern style which is um mm -hmm. the kind of hungar idea um, mm -hmm. you five animal fist southern chinese like we're fighting on uneven ground it's kind of marshland out here and uh so we have low stances we you know horse stance for days because in hungar yeah. skip like horse dance. yeah <laughs> and uh, yeah <laughs> so it, it has that and it has a fun uh, like you thought horse stance was bad let me introduce you to the dragon riding stance, which just sounds really cool, right? And it's torture. Mm -hmm. Dragon riding stance. Okay, Kenpo, what the hell are we doing without dragon freaking riding stance? <laughs> so imagine uh, the riding gators. Yeah, imagine a horse stance, but one of your feet is now behind you with the knee that uh, stepped back one inch off the ground. That's a dragon riding stance. Oh, we call that a close kneel stance, and it yeah. does suck. Yeah. Ain't nothing dragon ridey about it. Yeah, so the, the idea is to do a whole bunch of techniques and end up in a dragon riding stance at the end, you know, each time. And everything that we, we, we do has that little bit of, you know, Beijing Mushu to it, so you look cool, you know. Mm -hmm. So I always yell Jet Li in class whenever after everybody does it so that they can they can pull off the quick the quick whip of the head i always yell jeff speakman when i want yeah. people to look cool yeah. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> but yeah that's the that's the thing uh is there's a difference between like practicality right because if you have mm -hmm. this weapon on your wall or your weapons rack in your home it's just gonna be like yeah check it out <laughs> you know it's you, you you're never gonna use it indoors it's going to be an outdoor thing, 
right? Um, unless you're in a uh, in a dojo, then you can do it indoors, right? But it's mm-hmm. it it just sweeps around and it takes out everybody around you, you know. Uh, and then there's also a way to flip flip it in your arms and actually fight with it uh, in reverse grip, so you can't fight in close quarters. So mm-hmm. it's one of those weapons that uh, at the time Kenny actually had to had to do because uh, at the time we had weapons yeah. was a requirement. So would you call that like a Shicho weapon for you guys? Uh, for, is, for for we made it a Karu, I believe. Yeah, if if we if we actually went and do the the, the lightsaber styles uh, with Nandao, Nandao is actually going to be a Taru mm-hmm. because it has uh, some weird jumping in it, mm-hmm. and it has some weird just like level changes, which means that you're sometimes you're up, sometimes you're down. And it also has groundwork. Does that have to do with the, like, if that were a real blade with a live edge, would that have to do with the weight of it? Would it be a heavier blade with a thicker spine? Well, it's a, it's a thick blade. It's almost like a butcher uh, knife, like a cleaver. Yeah. So if you, if you imagine um, what a butcher knife looks like, it's about that wide, but it's a sword. (laughs) Yeah. Four ish inches of, of blade belly. Something yes, like it is a broad. It, it is a broad sword, right? So, and it does have a ridge on one side and a blade on the other. And you are using it close to your body to block. You use your body to actually block with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, does that make it a slightly bagua? Uh, no, although it's it's still in that. We do same have broad, broad sword. <laughs> there, there is another broad sword that's specific to bagua, and it's about five feet tall. Okay, this is my uh, like education tonight, fellas. Yeah. So, uh, which I taught Kenny before, but I don't think he remembers it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but that sword yeah. is vaguely in the park. <laughs> yeah. So that that sword is actually um, considered gem. So, if you think about it, uh, the way the way mm-hmm. uh, the positioning of the body and the counterattacking happens in that form, it'd be more gem. So, um, and it'd be more about uh, out counterbalancing the uh the the, with the with the blade work you actually have to not necessarily be stronger than your uh than your opponent but to use the mechanics of your body to become stronger than your opponent so kenny what kind of like weaponry then do you say you specifically like to incorporate into your lightsaber form that's specific to you or forms melange if you will that's specific to you the spice the spice for me and again well i don't know right (laughs) for for me i always have a default and i have a much and and the uh so pretty much you show uh, you show mtashi but then again i incorporate stuff from let's see uh tiger broadsword nanda or Stuff and whatever Alan taught me years for even hodgepodges of tiny bits of water broadsword <laughs> or even fencing or for that matter. But but main go-to stuff is Nick Cage. Um, yeah, it would be pretty much Chicho Makashi. But then again, I try to mix it up and see what works and what not works and incorporate some my repertoire. But I would say both are my default styles. Yeah, I've seen Kenny fight in a lot of tournaments. And I think a few episodes ago, um, we talked about uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't on this show. I was watching 
um, Alan's wife and myself doing the commentary for the May the 4th tournament. Uh-huh. Uh, we talked about Kenny and how uh, he, like, the two of you, between Alan and Kenny, just like the culture of, I'm going to try whatever I feel like trying, and I don't care if it works or not. <laughs> <laughs> See how this goes. <laughs> Literally, the first time that I saw Kenny fight at IGC, Bede and I were looking at each other like, this guy just wants to try cool stuff, doesn't he? And uh, sure enough, that's exactly what it, – it was fun to watch. And then we're watching you at um, the Rise of Phoenix tournament. We're like, oh, there's uh, Kenny doing yeah. cool stuff again. Stuff with that all the time. But we already know that like right. Alan just likes to mess around and try whatever yeah. he feels like trying whenever he feels like trying. It doesn't care who cares. Um, <laughs> he doesn't try so hard. Well, but yeah. then like wins first place. <laughs> um, but Kenny, like, he got him so far. What what other like martial arts styles or weapons from other martial arts outside of the 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 Chinese sort of scope? Have you you said katana, but like what else have you kind of like decided fits with you? Oh, there's of course I've been inspired by um of course I said fencing. I, I do like enjoy the di- distancing, so I'm pretty much massaging Nick's more. But yeah, uh fencing is pretty useful and I like to incorporate that. And you can tell by the motion that shut up, Nick. <clears throat> but... Shut up. <laughs> I love you, man. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> Yeah, we, but, we uh, actually do. Like, I taught Kenny a lot of different sword forms. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, basically... Even Hema. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I actually taught him a little Hema, too. Um, so there there are there is a... a, a yeah, Hema dudes are tar, well, tar. <laughs> There's a lot in Kenny's, uh, I guess, repertoire. A lot of which you probably haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's one of those things mm-hmm. that, that happens as you fight more. Yes, yeah. uh, and I, I mean it's it. We're not spoiled for choice, but sometimes you get to the point where you're just like, "This is working, so why would I change?" Well, right? and that's kind of mm-hmm. where it becomes a lightsaber form versus just a mix of different weapon forms. Right. You know, like, oh, I'm doing katana style, or I'm going doing rapier style, or I'm doing. Well, then it just becomes Makashi. Right. Or then mm-hmm. it just becomes Shicho slash Gemso. Right. It, it's. It's based in principle, right? So that's the beauty of SMA, is it's all based on the principles of stuff that already exists, right? And and I think one of the one of the lessons I I, I tried to impart, and I don't know if uh, it's stuck yet, but one of the lessons I I've tried to impart uh, to to Kenny is like, hey, listen, it's a lightsaber, so relax. You know, it, it's not necessarily right. This isn't a fight for your life, and if you are fighting for your life, why are you holding a lightsaber and not a, not a handgun? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <You know? laughs> or fighting with expensive flashlights. Right. People get real kind of like, oh my gosh, I'm going to a lightsaber tournament. I I hope I win first place. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to win, 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 win. They did the Piccolo hype scene. Yes, yes, I can do it. Yes, I can win. Yes. What what do you get if you win a lightsaber tournament? Like maybe a free lightsaber? What do you what do you get? A belt? By the way, that belt costs ten dollars to make. (laughs) 
You can find an Etsy. Not to disparage trophy makers everywhere, but that ball costs $10 to make. And like, <laughs> what do you care so much for? <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be like, oh, Kenny doesn't care about when he goes. No, like the dude cares about like the martial artist he presents himself as when he enters that lightsaber tournament. Right. It's not about mm-hmm. whether he wins the match or not. And Kenny, I'm, t- I'm saying, Hey, I'm talking about you. You can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but it's not about whether or not you win or lose. It's about, did I exhibit myself as a martial artist today and have fun? Like Alan said, it's a lightsaber. Yeah. yeah you're pretty spot on. And there's times at the moment, oh, <laughs> but before and then after, the fighting about oh wait a minute i just had fun yeah. even though i kind of zoned out all parody mode but in the end of the day yeah i'm i'm just, i need to humble myself because it's a learning experience and hey if i win i win i get to learn evil either way yeah dope right go home and and enjoy it we were really we're really just talking about bragging rights at the end of the day yeah that's that's exactly it and and it's not even like you're the better fighter right you just exhibited yourself your your fighting skills to the to gain more points than the other guy faster that's it yeah that that's a good thing i'm not there here to diminish that and and it's a sport right so that we have control Mm -hmm. we have we have safety first and foremost and then we have control of ourselves and and our blades and we're we're going to an agreed upon social contract uh you know when we go to a tournament now, different tournaments and different uh, schools have different rules and different ways of exhibiting that social contract, some of which we like, mm-hmm. but that's, that's why we have, you know, the principles of SMAF and the safety rules set out um, so that when we go to participate, you know, we're not going home with a, a head that's split open or a caved in fencing mask or, you know, welts all over our, our body because uh, of, you know, uh, of the, the the blades they're using or you know for some reason they allowed you know spikes and stuff on their hilts you know whatever whatever it might be it yeah. like opens up people <laughs> to feel like they can be that person who wants to try stuff because mm-hmm. they're not worried about getting hurt right well that's that's i i i'm gonna point out to those of you that that want to watch kenny fight in the rise of Phoenix tournament, it is on our, it is on, uh, our spark archives. Mm-hmm. Yes, it um, is. One of the things that we, mm-hmm. uh, I tried to do in that w- was just to make it so that it was fun to show up at the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you, we had some karaoke. Yeah. Even if it was your very first tournament, <laughs> I want you to talk about it. I want you to, to say that was an that was a fun experience. I lost every match, but it was so fun. Mm. You know. And the reason being is that if you go to a, any regional event, right? Even if it's just your city, right? If you spent time, effort and energy, if you created kung fu <laughs> right, to show up <laughs> to somebody's event if you only have disparaging remarks about it, if you had a bad experience there, then it was not a successful event. Mm. Right? If there were things that you had questions about, it was not a successful event. So I, I've, I've watched and I've participated in a couple of different, a lot of different, <laughs> different tournaments and, and things like that. And 
there's there's a lot of stuff that I kept and went, yes, that part was good. But a lot of it, like 80% of the stuff that I experienced, I was just like, toss that out the window, toss that out the window. Because uh, like when you watch Kenny fight in that tournament, uh, and I don't know if this is throwing you under, under the bus or not, Kenny, he was ha- he's having a great mm-hmm. time. And because he's having a great time and because he's trying different things, he actually get, you get, you got to like the quarterfinals, right? Or semifinals in that, in that tournament. It was one of your better showings. Yeah. Fourth place, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Which was to me as a teacher going, yeah, I I trained that guy. Wow. That was kind of cool. And (laughs) and your name is on the tournament. That was Alan's, that was Alan's baby, that tournament. So here, here you are presenting the show. Right. And I, I was just like, I was yeah. surprised. Yeah. I don't know if you knew that or not. I think I, I said that out loud. I'm like, well, who are you? <laughs> this was great. Keep on doing whatever you're right. doing. You keep doing it. Well, Kenny, you and I are about the same height, and it's it's tough for us to get points against all these six foot. Who cares how many other inches people? <laughs> yeah. Alan's a little taller right, than us, but not by me. much. No, yeah. no. I am. I'm. Uh, I'm a, a healthy 5'9". Oh, my God. I've never even dreamed of what 5'9 looks like. <laughs> I'm sure there's clouds up there. No. Hey. <laughs> Rainstor- there's rainstorms at 5'9", brother. Uh, I barely scrape 5'6 half myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and, but, but what it is, right? Again, we, we talked about this before on other things, is you have to learn your version of it, right? Yeah. And he made it work. He realized his range. He realized his measure. He re- realized his distance, and he exploited it to to gain gain the points. Uh, and he got he got all the way to the finals, basically. So, I mean, I'm I'm proud. It was a fun event to watch for for Kenny. Uh, Bead and yeah. I like I, I always talk about Bead. He he was he's my best friend, and yeah. we we talk a lot of lightsaber. Hey, stuff. bestie. Yeah, we yeah. talk a lot of lightsaber stuff. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, we were looking at each other during this tournament, like, wow, can he go? Isn't that fun? <laughs> yeah. You know, because here yeah. he is in, in his full Darth Maul get up and <laughs> like every time Kenny hits a stance, it could be a Kung Fu movie poster, <laughs> you know, like every yeah. single time when someone's like on guard, Kenny's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm a walking I'm a walking kung fu meme. Dude, you yeah. are like you're like the Asian Ray Park. <laughs> Hashtag Asian Ray Park. <laughs> yeah. I know, Kenny, you're like a big Ray Park fan. Rightfully so. <laughs> I think he just posted his picture with Ray Park when he was over here in Phoenix. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like one of those dudes who's who just like you could tell the second you get into the ring, you're like you're like juiced for doing some martial arts, you know, and you oh, yeah. probably like, you probably watch avatar with like, I don't know if I could say this might need a blaster effect, but you probably watch avatar with like a soft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you probably yeah. watch like every Jackie Chan movie in million times. How you know that? Yeah. Because I've watched every Jackie Chan movie a million times, <laughs> you know, yeah. And you could tell 
like when you could tell like when Kenny gets into a Taru mode, like there's a little Bruce Lee there, and then you could tell when he gets into like Shien mode, like there's a little Jackie Chan there, and you know like when he gets into like Makashi mode, like here's his it man, watch out, here comes it man. <laughs> And it's so cool, but then there's also, like, that little bit of, like, uh, Ryu or Ken, you know, just, like, that ghost of Tsushima peppered in there. Yeah, snip, flop, dama, you're blonde. You know, as, like, legit martial artists, we're all so legit. We, like, forget that video games and Ninja Turtles and stuff like that are the reason we have a job in the first place. Right. Like, looking cool, acting cool, and eating pizza. Do you like to um, kind of switch forms up a lot, or do you have a couple forms that you like to really like zero in on? For the most part, when I'm doing these sparring matches, and less so in actual <clears throat> tournaments, but I still do it every now and then. Um, I do switch it up. I told you my I make my main go-to is if I have that is uh, Shicho Makashi just can uh, can go in because it works. Uh, my my yes, fencing and all that fun stuff. But yeah. Um, I incorporate uh, again. I see what I, I see what works, and okay, I want to try it. I see if it works for me at at for this opponent. So I get inspired for let's say uh, the stick fighting, and I got to represent my peoples of martial arts and practice it. So, so a lot of the stuff mm-hmm. that Kenny knows, right? And I've taught him a lot of drills, different drills and stuff from other martial arts. So, like, I taught him a little bit of eskrima, a little bit of kali. A little bit of, you know, fiore, a little bit of, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit of here and there, just as a, a way to realize the body, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. we all are, you know, generally speaking, as a human being, a torso, a head, a couple of limbs, right? And the elbow only bends a couple of different ways, right? Mm-hmm. So if we realize that then maybe this one technique is called this stance uh, in one form, but in another part of the world, they figure it out the same exact stance, but it's with a different weapon. So this brings up an interesting um, topic in my opinion, Mm -hmm. which is, and, and both of you guys will probably have something to say about this. Which is, so why do you stick with any one martial art anyway if you're always kind of looking for that MMA? Kenny, that, that's you, man. That's a question for every single person, and that's a personal question. So what is your answer to that? So repeat that, please. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, what you guys are saying is you've never shied away from mixing other martial arts into the quote unquote Kung Fu school. Okay. And what then would make any one person want to stick with any one martial art? If it seems like everybody's always looking for mixed martial arts, does that kind of make sense? Well, yeah. Well, for me personally, I I had a, I had a good date. Good foundation. Well, first of all, I experienced helping. I had a good soft foundation for, let's say, Taekwondo, you got me some stance with what have you. By the way, if you're looking for an introductory martial art, like I, I cheekily <laughs> talk about Taekwondo all the time, but Taekwondo is a great martial art to get a start with. It, it is. 
distancing and all that. You know, you got to reach for your kicks and all that. Jazz. You can find one at just about every corner. That's that's the other. It's accessible, and it's accessible and easy to pick up. Continue though. Watch for me. Carb is getting you a good teacher. I have I have the blessing to have um, Alan be my teacher, and he has a a mixed match, ton of martial arts under his belt, and he he grabbed he taught and he taught me some things that okay that translate to this and kung fu or maybe it's karate or what have you or this sort of form. But like you said, there's so many ways to bend an elbow, and and okay, I'll use this move if I in a certain situation, but maybe go back to this one. So. I don't know. Um, for me personally, I, given the chance, I would like to learn more, more martial arts to experience, see how you get a clear experience. Because again, I only have like um, the Chinese side to, as my and also Taekwondo to, under my repertoire, but to fully experience the whole another thing, get into the whole belt system, all that's fun and jazz. But um, but there's all there's a lot of usefulness as you know, as a martial arts, you got to adapt in some certain ways because this. That's why we tweak some of the movements and when we teach our students our Kung Fu form or even weapons at some point. While still staying true to the movement, the original form itself. But, um, I don't know. From given a chance, I would like to, and again, I'll still do Kung Fu no matter what. But given a chance, I would want to experience other martial arts. Hey, I, I get choke people too, so that's fun. That's a cool point to bring up, like what's fun. You know, versus what is practical versus what is what you already know versus what you would like to know. What There's room for all of that. Well, part of what Kenny is is kind of dancing around is that it's up to you, right? Like, what, what are you looking for? Like, maybe today I'm looking for kicks. Maybe tomorrow I'm looking for, for punches. Maybe the next day I'm looking for grappling. Or just you know, fitness the next day. Yeah, or maybe or I mental fitness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe I need to stretch more. <laughs> you know, maybe I need ride. to go to the park and do tai chi. Yeah, maybe I. Yeah. I, I, I just oh, yeah. I just really got inspired and want to do parkour or you know hiking. Mm-hmm. Right? And uh, a bunch I would of, call parkour yeah. <laughs> an, an art that parkour harbors on martial. Yeah, it, parkour is a martial art, and if you don't believe me, watch mm-hmm. any capoeira. Oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And any, uh, there, there's so much, yes. Uh, there's so much in just knowing your body. Right. And and I want to say Bruce Lee is credited with this, but I'm pretty sure he's not the first to say it, but martial arts is the, the expression of oneself. So my body is a different body type than Kenny's, which is a different body type than marks that's different body type than katie's as different body type than nick's if we all practice the same move it all be a different application 100 a different move yeah. at that point yeah. and so you know what is the ultimate martial art there is none there are no ways away yeah there there's only there's only martial artists and what they're into that day. My my teacher right now is saying like the best martial arts, the one you need right then. And you know what? And a lot of it, and this is Definitely. something that's that's been said forever by every martial arts teacher ever. If you have to use your martial arts in a combat situation, you've already failed. Yeah, your first job was not to get in that fight. Yeah. 
right? And and, and you've mm-hmm. been told that actually even before then, probably by your mother, you know, uh, mm-hmm. or your father, or yeah. And if you're, you're in a grappling match at that point, like all respect to jujitsu and wrestlers and judo and all that, all respect to you guys. But uh, if you're at that point in the fight, you <laughs> failed a few times. Yeah. 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 You said it's a lot, uh, sir, but you feel like a lot of people want to punch you. So Yeah, you got to work on your, your <laughs> yeah. shuffling out of the way. So, you got to work yeah. on your C-steps and your I, jab cross. There's a joke that I tell in class, which is uh, basically, you know, what is the best block in the world? What's the best block in the world? If somebody were to come up and punch you in the face, what's the best block in the world? The one that you don't have to do. <laughs> Live a life where people don't want to punch you in the face. Yeah, exactly. Right? <laughs> so why are people punching you in the face? Stop it. You know? Yeah. So at, at that about point, you is not happening. <laughs> right. But right. sometimes you might have to step in, and I call it being a benevolent predator. Right? Because – uh, even in nature, right, the male lion protects the rest of the pride against the hyenas. They're both predators. They both, the, the lionesses actually do most of the work for the lion, but his job is mm-hmm. to protect the rest of the yeah. pride, right? So when we talk about black belts and we talk about martial artists and we talk about people that um, embrace the mentality uh, the, the martial morality would be actually the best way to, to, to put it is sometimes you might have to throw a punch. Sometimes you might have to throw a kick. Sometimes you might have to just deescalate the situation by choking somebody out. But sometimes that's the case. You don't want that to be every day. You want that to be the exception, not the rule. Unfortunately, some of us have jobs where we are in a correctional facility you know, as the guard or we're in, you know, law enforcement where that's just how it has to be. But thankfully we have uh, people that teach us, you know, like one of my greatest like lessons was, was watching uh, a McMatt class. Oh uh, yeah. Marine Corps martial arts program. Yeah. So the McMatt program is really cool yeah. because they had to tone down the Marines. It was like mind bending to me because they were like, oh no, no, no we have to teach you how not to kill. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. no, that guy has information. Let's we'll, we'll get yeah. up Tone to down yeah, We'll get up to the point where you could kill him, but you're not going to. I was like, boom, I had, I had one of my, uh, a Satori moment. I was like, yes. Okay. So it's possible to do like the most, you know, ruthless martial arts, but not take somebody out. There is a way to do it without totally destroying somebody's knee. You know, there is a way to do it without totally just taking them and just snapping their necks. Even though, you know, in class, I, I show people how, how to like, if you just did this, right, you can hand them their head. You know, it, it's not like all weapons, like sport, like especially lightsaber. Like, apparently this is the thing that just cuts anything it touches right off. Zip, 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 zip. And uh, uh, doing pieces. Yeah, yeah. And here we are like giggling about it. Well, well. Uh, a lot of that is like also the mentality of the weapon that you're teaching, right? So when we talked about non-doubt earlier, that was a, mm-hmm. a cleaver. It's meant to cut something. Yeah, one hundred percent looks like one too. Yeah, so it's it's one hit, 
one kill who's next. Whereas a Chinese straight sword is meant to cut tendons so that right. that person right and pierce through little tiny divots and holes in armor yeah and and they are flexible <clears throat> like the, the blades are flexible so that they uh will cut ag against the armor and actually slide against the armor until it finds a soft spot in mm -hmm, the armor and, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. so when we talk about like what lightsaber style do you do like what, what kind of weapon am i emulating right and who am i fighting against what kind of yeah. weapon am i fighting mm -hmm. against that's it. Like Kenny's talking about Shi Cho, right? And that's the cut and dry sort of here we are, one hit, one kill kind of deal. But it's it's mm -hmm. I'm keeping myself safe, keeping myself there, and then going in. But like what we've talked about before, that turns into Suresu, right? If we go, yeah, one, very directly too. Yeah, and we have form two. One plus two equals three, right? So it creates that, that sort of All idea. right. right. And then you know Kenny Kenny was talking about okay not that was a thing but it becomes not uh, it becomes Ataru in lightsaber because there's all sorts of wacky stuff that happens in it. It's a broadsword which in in the Chinese you actually put against your body which you can't do with a lightsaber. So yeah, you have to make modifications. That's <laughs> one of my favorite ways to like like in the middle of sparring. It's a great reset position to have that blade so close to your arm or so close to your your hip, your shoulder, whatever. Um, that's one of my favorite weapons to fight with, the Dao. Um, well, anyway, right. We're getting off topic a little bit. Okay. <laughs> so, like, lightsaber. What is you, – you said, like, what is the weapon you're using? Who are you fighting against? So, like, what are some of the most challenging opponent types or weapons types to fight against for you? Well, that's a good question. Well, for me personally, again, me being not in the tall uh, variety, it's always the, you know, the, the reaching, but again, that can get passed. And again, I even score some people, score points against Tark, but me personally, it's always against the people that have the longer reach, but, and also, you know, the high advantage, what have you. So like Makashi, like true Makashi specialists who are tall, like, is that a nightmare for you? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a challenge. It sounds like hell for me. It's, de it's definitely it's, it's definitely a challenge. But shout out again, to Doug. Uh, right, I'll call me up, man. Hey, I had a fight, Doug, in um, IGC. That was not a fun fight for me because I had to just go. All right, I have to out, out Makashi this Makashi guy. Well, I was gonna say, Kenny. Like, it sounds like, or actually, just watching you, I feel like you're you're one of those people that that you do like to mix it up so much. You could specialize, but your your personality's just not into specializing in one form versus another. I feel like you just you just want to try stuff you all, all the time. So like, that's kind of the way I am. I'm very form five, but I love to try different stuff. And yeah, for sure, a specialist is a scary thing for me. Oh yeah, you know, definitely. A, a specialist is a scary thing. Matthew Dominguez specializes in form four. I'm not f scared of a form four user. I'm scared of a specialist, you know, <laughs> I'm scared of Matthew Dominguez because mm -hmm. he specializes. Matthew, don't take that too much to heart. I'll still fight your ass, but I'm a little scared. <laughs> Doug, a Makashi right. specialist. I'm a little scared. Yeah. You know, and Kenny, just from right. watching you, I would say you're kind of a Seresu specialist, whether you know it or not. 
you have a lot of Seresu in you. And from the Rise of Phoenix tournament, mm. quite a bit of Xi'an from a Form 5. We smell mm. our own. I think you've got a little bit of Form 5 in you. Right. And um, I would be scared to fight you in a, in a situation where you're kind of focusing on one of those two forms. I would, even as a Form 5 specialist, I'd be like, hmm, I have to change things now. <laughs> You know, that's a that's a testament again to like not just Kenny as a martial artist, but to Alan as a teacher and to the lineage of those who came before you that said, well, there's not just one good way to do this. There's a million different ways. And if you have the time, I hope you find them all. Exactly. That, and that, that's what I was right. going to say. I was like, you, you hit it. Your, 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 your teacher hit it right on the head. Like, what do you do against this? I don't know. What am I into? You know, uh, like Kenny, uh, I remember was learning uh, Tai Chi, Tai Chi straight sword during uh, during that time, which is why you saw a lot of Shin. Hmm. Okay, that oh, makes yes. sense. Our, that totally our, makes sense. That's mm. our correlation, because Shen is supposed to be our uh, right. Uh, if uh, I put on my nerd glasses here, uh, <laughs> right? Shen is. I see your pocket protector is right, very right. tall today. Is the the more consular, right, um, version of GM So, it's it, but it's very much the way we do Tai Chi Sword, you know, with a different type of Gen than the Makashi Gen that we teach, you know. Um, mm -hmm. So like watching that tournament again, like you know, we do, we like watching our our fights over again and see what we could or could not do. You yeah, should if you haven't started. Yeah. Pause the button. Mm -hmm. Pause the show. Go yeah. watch your own fights. Pause. Critique. Criticize and, and cry over it. And a lot of times, and a lot of, <laughs> I much, like that. Much to, Kenny's, much to Kenny's chagrin, sometimes I'm like, here, let's watch our fights. <laughs> uh, my students, my students go two ways. They're like, they're like, uh, oh, this is cool, or uh, why would you show me this? <laughs> you know but like kenny at the beginning of the show you were like oh i totally knew alan sent you my test <laughs> it's whatever <laughs> and that's because alan's forced right. you to look at yourself like you said cry tickly yeah yeah emphasis it, it, on the cry one of those things mm -hmm. that uh as a teacher one of the things you want to do <clears throat> is have your students shine right given the opportunity to shine I said this a few episodes ago. Nobody teaches this stuff so that your students suck. Okay. <laughs> That's not their goal. Right. And if, if, and if that is your goal, you're doing it wrong. Oh my gosh. Please stop okay. paying that person. <laughs> right. But yeah. Uh, like, Wait a minute. There's something wrong here. Yeah, and, and, and that's why I was, I keep on talking like Kenny is, is the, the culmination. And I, I've had this conversation several times with them. So I'll share it with you guys too. That's the product, right? When somebody walks into your dojo, you are the product. You you have to be somebody that's so inspiring just by your presence, just by your movement, just by the way you speak, the way you say sir or ma'am, the way you make eye contact, the way your uniform is clean or, you know, or, or pressed or whatever. You're it. And if you are an instructor, then you're double it, right? Because nobody wants to, you know, 
go to the school where the black belt looks like crap. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Ken, it, Kenny, it, how long have you been teaching, dude? Like, how long have you had to, like, r- wrestle with this little notion? Close to five years, I think, yeah. Okay, so when when you have a student, especially a new student, are you like, oh, they're a white belt. It's cool if they suck. So, no, it's, it's again, goes to first impression. It is cool if they suck at the moment. Like, that's not a problem. We can address that. It'll be fine. But do you want them to suck in a month compared to how they were a month before? Do you want them to suck six months from now the same way they sucked now? No. And if you're a white belt, don't be discouraged by this. Truth is, black belts suck too frequently. You know, the only difference between an instructor, right, or a black belt, let's say, and a white belt is the black belt has failed more times than the white belt has. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what a good way to say that. Because, like, one of the things we do um, in our school is when you you take your first lesson, you should feel like you've accomplished something by the end of the first lesson, right? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a reverse punch or arrow fist or, you know, straight punch, whatever you call that same punch that every single martial art does right? You should have a little bit more understanding of it a half hour ago. You know, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe in that first half hour, you're, if you were a kid, right, you hid behind your mom's legs. But by the end of the class, you're yelling key up or yeah, or whatever you use for a yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're very enthusiastic. And you know, you're the kid that you know, shows up, gets to the threshold of the door, bows so hard, your forehead hits your knees and bounces right back up, you know, and then by the end of it, you know what to chill a little bit, you know, and now you know how to bow correctly. And our Mm -hmm. jobs as instructors are to kind of go to each student and kind of, I don't want to say fix them, but guide them where they can do it more often but also longer was there a point for you kenny where you kind of realized like oh like what alan's describing like right now like i'm doing things right i have the right idea i'm communicating with lower students in a clear concise way and and passing on what was there kind of like a moment that you remember where this kind of occurred to you that it was happening to you first few years when I started teaching white folks, especially it's more apparent little kids when like, oh, wait a minute, this kid used to be shy, but now he's more using his voice or what have you. That starts to click, that starts to click more the more, again, his full-time job now, there's become more apparent. Like you start to realize that some, some of that has to do with what you're doing. Oh yeah, definitely. So how does that make you feel truthfully? And it's pretty much the best hobby of the day. So, and again, I stuck in the moment to, internally or you know me being jokey like hey, good job um but it, it, honestly i just feel good inside when i see a like even wonder can you hold your foot up or can you hit me once with this one swing whatever i yeah i i, I first feel elated pretty much when when that is going to achieve that one moment of improvement because because i i reminisce 
I mean, this is my time as student, uh, at myself as student, with almost every martial artist that will probably agree. You know, yeah. Okay, I can relate to the time when I, I was training, when I started stuff. And but waiting, that thing of, oh, I got this. And you got, and you, that kind of fused me up to, like, okay, that, great. How can I keep on doing this? So that way, that student can continue to grow as a better version of themselves. You know, if you're if you're studying martial arts for a long time or any arts for a long time, this is kind of the common phrase around here, this or that, um, if you're doing that and you're like really into it and you have those moments where you see that tiny bit of progression in um, another, I feel like that's a big moment of progression in yourself. Like one small leap for a student is one giant leap for you kind. You know, I feel like that's true with with teachers, mm-hmm. uh, particularly yes. of of an arts form, because art is kind of an arbitrary thing. Like you can tell if you're getting good at math because math problems have basically one answer for the most part. OK, yeah. for why. Yeah. But it's hard to tell if you're getting good at art because art is 100 percent subjective for most people. And. For you, as an artist, you're like, well, what is my subjective view of myself? And if you can see that tiny bit of progression in another, that's a big reflection on you. Absolutely. So I, I have a question, mm-hmm. Kenny. Yeah, I'd love to hear a yes. question and from the teacher to the student. For you. Uh-oh, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> when did you fully realize that you were an instructor? did you fully realize that oh crap it's me that this kid is looking up to kenny that, i want you to answer that first it's a hard question it, it's a really probably hard during question. the time when yeah i i know uh definitely during the uh, my first three years and i believe i was like a junior instructor or instructor at that time i don't know but when i started being more involved the whole the instructorship stuff particularly the uh the the lions and of course you know the, the our five-year-olds and uh-huh. seven-year-olds um that becomes more apparent because again okay i can tell them to move around you know be quiet all the time and all that stuff, or i can teach them very important stuff that to help them benefit in the long run and and once they once they age okay did their lessons that i or did the stuff that i talked them what have you stick and once I start saying, oh, what? They actually listen to me. They actually improve because of what I did to them. And, I, and maybe at the moment, it's like, okay, it's just one thing. But when I start seeing that, probably when I'm becoming more of a teacher and first three, uh, first three uh, years, uh, I, I begin to see, okay, this is now a real deal now. That's a really cool answer. I like how you use the, the young students for that because if, if, if somebody only teaches martial arts or a weapons art like HEMA or something like that, kendo, well, maybe not kendo, but probably you're teaching mostly adults or, or older teenagers. But if you're teaching a very mm-hmm. traditional martial art, you're probably teaching like three-year-olds all the way through 93-year-olds. And the fact that mm-hmm. that young, young age was what taught you. That's why I said, Kenny, you should answer this first because I started martial arts when I was four years old. I really don't remember what it was like to suck, but I know I did at one point. Like, 
and I'm mm-hmm. sure I did like yesterday. I just like, I just didn't care. I wanted to get better, you know, like I suck because I want to get better and I get better because at one point yesterday I sucked, you know what I mean? Um, so for me learning, like when I was like, Oh, I'm a, I'm like a teacher. I'm like an instructor now. It was actually not that long ago. And I've been teaching for like 20 plus years, almost 25 years, I think. And, uh, I just like more than 25 years. And I, I just like a couple years ago, I, I was teaching a weapons class might've actually been lightsaber. Not sure. And I think I have this class on, on video and I'm watching one of the newer weapon students, but he's a brown belt. So he'd been around for a few years and his sister had been one of my students a few years prior. And he, I, I just said, uh, okay, sir, you're going to lead the warmups today. And this dude, nine years old starts using all the same like type of language that I use when I lead a warm up and the same volume that I use when I lead a warm up the same cadence and he starts like like pointing out little things that other students are doing right or wrong and more of this and less of that but not being a yuck about it either and I'm like holy crap who taught him that and then like I literally looked in the mirror and I was like, Oh, wait, like that was, that was like two years ago. (laughs) This is my 29th year in the martial art. That was two years ago that I figured that out. So Alan, I'm, I'm like happy you asked me that because that's probably the first time that I truly, truly was like, Oh, that's me. That's who I am. Right. Well, every, every instructor, every school head should know that feeling, right? When they're like, oh, it's me. There is a, not to get too metaphysical here, there's a meditation that um, we teach where you actually sit at a table. You sit at your dining room table, you know, however big that might be, with your past and future selves. <laughs> there's the way we do it is a um is five elements the first eight years of your life is the wood phase the next 25 years is the fire phase next 25 years earth then uh metal then water and then uh so it's like this this whole thing where you you see yourself at different stages in your life and you have a conversation with them and are you on the right track? Do you see yourself getting toward that sort of deal? It's, it's one of those like focus tech techniques. But so here we go. This is me asking, how cool does your eight-year-old self think you are right now? Oh, God. Man, I hate to ask him. <laughs> right. Whoa, these deep questions, man, are too much. <laughs> you know those old pictures, or, or they're not old, but like those pictures of like um, James Dean and the Fonz and like Marilyn Monroe hey. and like yep. Betty White all at a diner together and, and you're yeah. looking in from the street through the window of the diner at night. Yeah. That's what that feels like. I don't know. I kind of like to be a fly on the wall in that conversation. Because I'll tell you what my current self thinks of my past self is not good. <laughs> right. But it, even though it's you, it's not about you. Right. 
that's that's the beauty of the the meditation like if i were to talk to my eight-year-old self and to to touch base with my eight-year-old self i'll tell you right now he's wondering why i'm not a paleontologist oh yeah yeah where are all the dinosaur bones idiot <laughs> i mean <laughs> why do they have feathers yeah he, he loves, he loves yeah he loves the fact that I can do a butterfly kick and I have weapons all over the place. But, you know, he's like, yeah, well, whatever, dude. Yeah, I'm never going to get married. I'm never going to have kids. You know? <laughs> no, it's totally true. Like, the, the eight-year-old in me is so stoked that I have a bow and arrow, but, mm-hmm. like, doesn't care that I like to cook at all. Right. It, it, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Like, how cool does your eight-year-old right. self think you are? Probably not as cool as you, you would want. Yeah. <laughs> you'd think, right? <laughs> And then, like, if you if you do the math, your 32-year-old self, I know, Kenny, you're not there yet, so you have to talk, see yourself at 32 and see, mm-hmm. like, uh, your future self. Does your future self think, yeah, man, you're doing great, or is he like, don't turn left, you know? <laughs> <laughs> the void is turn. <laughs> and then does your, does your uh, 58-year-old self, like, is he cool with – you know, where you're at in your life, or is he going to just like shake his head? Like your 32 year old self, you know, he's going to be like, Oh man, you're, you're in for a ride. That's so funny. Like what a crazy. And, and like the mm-hmm. fact that, okay, this is a martial arts podcast. What are we doing? Talking about all this food? Like what? Uh, I don't even know what to say to that. Like, how do you not see the correlation? And what does this have to do with lightsabers? I thought we came here for the for the jar jar and buzz buzz. No, <laughs> like this is, I mean, what is a Jedi? You know, like they're wrestling with this crap all the time. This is the next level that you 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 put yourself out. You can swing a sword all day, right? And you'll get one big arm, right? Mm. How big is your brain getting? You know, what's the rest of your body? Yeah, doing during that time. So when we talk about you know, the Jedi, you know, and some of us consider ourselves Sith, but you're not because you're still in this in society, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I just want I would just want you to know, unless you're a politician, you're not truly Sith. I am the Senate, thank you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I am the Senate. Because it's Oh, that was a good palpatine. Holy it crap. Takes that, it takes that level of, of Thank you. Uh, craftiness right uh, that level of sneakiness and and just like like underhanded cruelty to truly be sith now i know a lot of us mm-hmm. feel like we can walk the line and it's great but if let's let's put it in the star wars universe what what does luke skywalker in the last jedi think of luke skywalker at the end of return of the jedi mm. And then what does blue glowy Luke Skywalker think of the guy one movie prior? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And the he's the best, like it's been said and it's been canon, right? He's the 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 most natural lightsaber, you know, fighter in the universe. Right? Wait, Luke? Was it Luke or was it Anakin? One of the two. Well, okay. Maybe my head canon it's Anakin, but I'll give you Luke. In the EU <laughs> Right. Let's, let's, let's. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. If we're going EU, Luke is like the dopest of the dopest. Yeah. More Grand accomplished than Anakin at that point. 
Yeah, Grandmaster Skywalker is. is yeah, is, Grandmaster Skywalker was pretty amazing with a lightsaber. Like it's it's that sort of thing. Like what and what did he do, right? If we aspire to this great thing, right? What did he do? He perpetuated a lineage. He made masters. He created Jaina Solo, who and, you know, destroyed. Yeah. Rest in peace, Jason Solo. Spoiler alert. <laughs> really? Who was one of the most amazing lightsaber fighters in the history of the universe. And that's the that's the thing, right? The 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 perpetuation of lineage, right? We keep on masters create masters. Masters create more masters. Maybe that's the title of this episode. Finally. Well, because eventually, Kenny will be a master. Yeah, and he's he's on his way to mastery, which yeah. is one of those things that never is complete. You're always on your way to mastery, mm-hmm. or you're dead. Kenny, tell yeah, him about the rule of ten thousand. <laughs> rule of ten thousand. So. 10 fit. Can you do something 10 times? Okay, you can do it. Okay, great. You can do it. I'm going to abridge it. <laughs> uh, 100 times, you can do it correctly at least once. 1,000 times, you can probably teach it. And 10,000 times, you don't have to think about it. It's, you're already doing it. That's my abridged version. You are it. What do you call it? The rule of 10,000? Okay, maybe that's the title of this damn episode. 10,000. Yeah, it's it's not my rule. It's both choose one title. Nope, I have the option to do subtitles as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you do that, right? If you do anything ten thousand times, you have a really good understanding of it. You probably don't have to think about it after after the first five thousand. Well, isn't that like the toughest thing about being a student? Is like, holy crap, do I really have to do this for the hundredth time? Yeah, the hundredth. Yeah. What are you worried about the hundredth for? When I start talking in thousands, then maybe you can sweat. Yeah. When I start well, talking in millions, now we're mm-hmm. talking about getting good at something. Yeah. And I well, haven't thrown a million reverse punches in 29 years, but I've tried. Well, you, you, you probably have, and you just weren't counting. You lost count somewhere. Yeah, because along the way, it's yeah. not anymore mm-hmm. about the product. It's about the process. Yeah, and and that's that's where that meditation comes in too. Again, right? Thirty-two is gonna happen. Fifty-eight is gonna happen. You know, eighty-three is gonna happen. You know, okay, yeah, you might get hit by a bus or a plane or something like that before then. But knocking on wood for all our listeners. Yeah, <laughs> but if you can project yourself that far, right, and see where you want to be, or how about this? Is your idea of who you're going to be when you're 58, 83, 108, has it changed from when you first started doing the meditation to when you are actually that age? You know, because there's, you said something very profound, Fode. When, uh, when me? You talk about, yeah, because when you, when you said to yourself, who taught you how to do that? And you looked in the mirror, and it was you. I I literally did look in the mirror, too. I can't take credit for that awesome phrase. That was like what happened. Here's the beauty of it. You were so connected to the moment, the zen of the moment, that the universe provided the answer. But how many – yeah. Well, how many times after that have I felt awesome about what I'm teaching? All, every time, you know, it it like unlocked the feeling for me. Right. 
Well, there, there, it's a funny thing. Like um, we talked about cosplaying earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny's a big cosplayer, and one I I want to take credit for this, even though it probably wasn't me, but it was it was a funny thing. We did like a costume fitting, almost for uh, for his uh, uniform in his uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the in in the kung fu school. In the kung fu school that we teach, we we have a southern style uniform, and what that is, yeah. is sleeves. Uh, it's sleeveless kung fu top, has buttons down, and you wear your sash around around it. I took one look at Kenny and I said, you look like Kung Lao without his hat. And then the following Phoenix Comic-Con, Kenny right. had a Kung Lao cosplay. That's so one of his like, <laughs> that's one of his like famous cosplays too. Right. So I'm going to take yeah. that in my world. Yeah. Even though it best best yeah. Best fatality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this world? Random Asian dude dressed as Kung Lao. Oh. Actually, the very first time I shook Kenny's hand, he was dressed as Kung Lao at IGC during <laughs> during the daytime festivities. Yeah, and I'm right. looking at his cosplay, and I'm like, ooh, that's a badass Kung Lao. And I'm going over to B, because B's a huge Mortal Kombat fan. Whoops my ass <laughs> in Mortal Kombat on the, on the daily. Yeah. And... Uh, I was like, yo, you got to check out Alan's student, man. Like, homie looks yeah. legit. I'm not stashing the controller either. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So, so anyway. It, to add to the legend of Kenny, and that's what I'll, well, another thing you can call this, this episode. <sighs> now the, now the, I'm the like, yeah, I like it. Uh, title. Uh, we had a lightsaber performance group. And at the time, we were having a party, I think, because we finally pulled off a performance. And Kenny yeah. went around the room and beat every single person in the room in Mortal Kombat three times, right? You, Wait, you like the actual the game times? or actual Mortal Kombat? <laughs> yes, he killed them. Three <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. was it more, I, I was arrested. I was in prison for a while. Did yeah. you finish yeah. him? But Next. nobody could beat him. Like there was, I mean, I sat there and I was like, I can do this in real life, but this doesn't work for me, you know? And oh, one hundred percent me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like I have no idea what I'm yeah. doing. I'm just I love playing. fighting games; they hate me. But but uh, yeah. I get, add to the legend of Kenny. He 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 actually had to put the controller down because he was tired. He, he he had nothing to prove because he's beaten everybody. It's like that scene in Grandma's Boy. Uh, high score. What did I break it? <laughs> <laughs> right. But Kenny, I feel like that, that was you at Rise of Phoenix, man. Like, like we're <laughs> watching you, and not to be like a jerk, but you're kind of a short <clears> dude. <throat> we were kind of used to you get, getting out relatively early against tall opponents who just right. had more reach right. than and, you. Yeah, not necessarily yeah. more and skill or like, yeah. yeah. Like we were just like, oh, you know, Kenny is doing great, but unfortunately, he needs like six more inches. When when you were at Rise of Phoenix and you started beating people, taller people, specialists, and all of a sudden we were like, high score? Like, is Kenny breaking it? And, yeah. And the part of it just, again, when I started doing any terms, I, me pros, I didn't do any, um, let's say, tournaments. I sparred a lot. I sparred definitely. But either more traditional martial arts or even lightsabers, I had no formal um, uh, competitional experience even at the taekwondo uh, uh, training so 
Um, it's a, it's a whole nother thing to actually combat in the whole martial arts. Uh, Wait, seriously? And you never went to a tournament and did a traditional kata and won first place? Dude, what the hell are you waiting for? Yes. Like, go win yourself a big ass trophy, bro. Yeah, I know, I know, I know, man. Yeah, hey, man, I'm working on it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, but it takes time, and part of it just again, fight a lot, fight a lot, and that's how it gradually improved. As an instructor, like, it's probably more important to you that you do that. Yeah, which is kind of another reflection on Alan that he's imparted this idea that you want to perpetuate versus compete. Well, that's, mm-hmm. I I've told this story to to people uh, before, but we actually Master um, Jun Hong, which we talked about earlier, uh, ran a tournament. Um, he actually ran a tournament in uh, Phoenix for a while until he decided just eh, it's too much work. Right. And of course, we live in COVID land, so it's not really a, a mm-hmm. thing at the moment. But when he did, our school, when I was com- coming up as an instructor, our school was like, yeah, you can do it, but we're not like, we're not going to Cobra Kai this. We're not going to go in and just, you know, uh, as a team, everybody can just go as individuals. Thing is, everybody went as an indiv- individual, won a gold medal. So we were like, uh, okay, so we probably shouldn't, uh, <laughs> we probably shouldn't do tournaments anymore because the way we were taught and how we were taught and the way we did the forms and katas and, and even some of the, the stuff, it was not, it's not competition level, it's personal level. So it looks much better in competition. So it, it kind of, it, it, it's, a, it's a thing about if you want to make an identity of winning trophies, great, go for it. But again, it's your journey, right? We talked about, you know, perpetuating a lineage. I don't care if you are the state champion, right? What can, what are you doing for me? What are you doing for my kid right now, right? I don't mm-hmm. care how much you know. I want to know how much you care. So if that shiny trophy gets somebody in the door, then great, keep winning them. But I find that you are the product. You know, if you're an instructor, people will come to you because they're meant to come to you. They stay because they're meant to stay. They Something about the way you teach and something about the way you've perpetuated your community and grown your community is why to say. Now, if you want to be the guy that has, you know, 10,000 schools, then go for it. But you understand that you have to be that guy. So you might have to embrace the McDojo at that point. Yes. That, mm-hmm. that guy. Right. Or maybe you find contentment in just going, yeah, this is my student over here. Yeah, he looks like Rufio, but he can kick your ass. You know? <laughs> yeah. Close. Yeah. And, and you know what? He might he might he might become your best friend afterward. Well, that's the thing. Like this how many I don't know, disciplines. We use that word almost frivolously at this point, but it's what mm-hmm. it's just the topic of the podcast. Um, how many disciplines can you get into where 
you can go have a beer with the person who just whooped your ass. <laughs> right? Or, <laughs> or, or the better side of that, which is, I just whooped this guy's ass. Let me go buy him a beer. Absolutely. In our case, it yeah. was it. Yes. Because, I, uh, I don't know, like, it feels great when I quote-unquote beat somebody in a sparring match. Like, who's really winning if both of you ended up getting hit at some point? N- neither of you. But, um, I, I, like, it feels great to, like, win, but it feels better to have friends afterwards. Yes. Yeah, man. That's why we had the freaking karaoke night and what was it, Korean barbecue after Rise of Phoenix? Oh, That's a hell shut of a great up time. with your Korean barbecue filthy mouth. <laughs> oh, I love that crap. Oh, it's so good. So, uh, we've oh, talked about this before. Win or lose. Hashtag Saber Valhalla. Yeah, right? that's exactly what we're mm-hmm. describing. Honor, every, yeah. Every single time that, I, and I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to commit to this every single time. Every single time we run an, uh, an event in Phoenix, I would like to go out to eat with you. Whether you won, whether you lost, whether whatever. If you came to my event, I'll, I'll go, hey, guys, we're all meeting at this place. Yeah. Let's party. You know, uh, so hopefully you have a little bit more energy or you don't have to go home right away because I would like to converse with you. I'd like to see how uh, I could improve the, the event, but I'd like to have it right then and there. I'd like to have a hot take, uh, you know, on it, on it because nothing opens people up more than a hot meal. Yeah. Right. And a cold brew and a cold or, brew. or a soda or a water. <laughs> Yeah, and, yeah, but but yeah, like Katie calls it, it the breaking of bread. Yeah, breaking. Yep. and it's that's why like Saber Valhalla, right? We, we that's we where SMAF and- came from: a basket of rosemary parmesan fries and <laughs> plenty of beer. Yeah, <laughs> right. And and that's that's kind of the thing. And that might be you know Kenny and I are both Filipino, so we we might have that cult, same culture like idea. Of, mm-hmm. like, after the scream of fight or whatever come over let me feed you yeah, uh we, we, filipinos are some of the most food lovingest people i've ever met yeah we've had a, a, a pig yeah. for you know three days so let's 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 go eat you know we got some pancit waiting and some lumpur, right. Right? so we're right. now i'm getting hungry so i'm gonna stop talking about that but, <laughs> <laughs> but i i would like to again invite everybody as you know if you're an affiliate whether you're an individual or a group have these events, but don't, you know, embrace the camaraderie. That's how you build a community. Yeah. It's not so much about who's the champion and are they here? Um, so what if they like, okay, let me just throw a name out there. Matthew Dominguez won a bunch <laughs> of tournaments, a bunch. Nobody cares. <laughs> he knows that and we love him because he knows that and he still wins a bunch of tournaments and he he cares that's what matters we care because homie cares homie sees himself getting better kenny we care about the fact that you're you know getting to the final in rise of phoenix because it's clear that you care you know, and Alan, we care that you 
have this event at all or any event in the future, president of Sabre Martial Arts Foundation, because it's very clear that you care. You know? And thank you, listeners, for caring enough to keep downloading this uh, podcast. Shout out to Finland, Netherlands, and Poland. Yeah. Well, that's that's why we do this, right? Because I don't want to be uh, SMAF president forever. I could probably do it. But I don't want to be the guy that has all the answers all the time. And right? that's why you're the guy right now. Exactly. And that's and it's <clears throat> perfect, right? The martial artist has to be using the martial arts that has that, that has to be correct right now. Mm-hmm. And that's you got the best the, kung fu for the situation. Right, exactly. I see this as maybe, you know, one day, maybe Kenny is the president of SMAF. You know, well, that'd be pretty good president because he wants to be because he has ideas that are different than mine and different than yours and different that that perpetuate the lineage and gets more people involved because, you know, he'll open the door for my son, you know, and that's kind of the the thing, right? Is we, we don't actually have the ability to really vet a lot of people in our lives right? We trust the doctor that we were recommended to, right? Before we met, meet them was vetted by their school, vetted by their peers so that they don't kill us, right? We trust that the guy flying the 747 pass all assess and isn't drunk today. You know, we trust all of that. <laughs> we trust, right. you know, that, you know, that the Uber driver or whatever is, you know, is going to be safe. We trust a lot of things. Um, but I feel like the martial arts school is one of the few places where you, you can walk into the door and immediately see that's the product. That's the guy steering the ship. I can trust this guy. I can actually, you know, see that this person knows what they're talking about. I think that's a thing for um, adults and particularly parents to hear, especially if you're thinking about like, oh, should I maybe get my kid signed up for Kung Fu class or whatever? Like, first of all, yes. Okay. First of all, I don't care what martial art it is. If you've got a good martial arts teacher, you walked in the dojo door, you saw the product. Gallon saying, excuse me, I burped. Uh, like Gallon saying, you saw the product and you go, that's a good cheeseburger. You know, like. <laughs> right. I could, I could yeah. pay five bucks for that cheeseburger. I'm good with that. But what's the thing that we, we tell people, uh, Kenny? Go check out other schools. Yeah, go check them out. We tell them the same thing. Yeah. If you want to sign up today here, great. But if you're not going to sign up here, go to other schools and tell me and, and make a decision for yourself whether that school works for you or not. Yeah, because it doesn't matter mm-hmm. who teaches you how to punch. There's only one correct hand position for a punch fist anybody can teach you how to make a fist you don't even need a martial arts teacher for that you go to a cheerleading coach and learn how to make a fist right okay but a good martial arts teacher that's less than one percent of the population yeah and that person is not just a good teacher of martial arts they have to be a good teacher, right. which means they have to be a good person. Yeah, you have to take a class 
right? You have to experience it. Don't don't be fooled by smoke and mirrors, shiny trophies and everything. Oh, they have mats all over the floor. This place just has a ragged carpet. Oh, Oh, that's legit. (laughs) Maybe that maybe that ragged carpet place has the greatest teacher around and they're paying him enough, you know? Or or maybe not enough. (laughs) Pay your martial arts teachers more. Yay. Cheers. And part of it, part of it too, is like that. What are you looking for, right? So when you go and you meet Kenny at our school for the first time, you realize. And I, I don't want to really speak for you, Kenny, but I, I, I feel like I've, I've taught this to you, so I'm just gonna say it. Sure. <laughs> you realize that's what I want my kid to be. You realize I want my oh, kid. You're gonna to make me cry be able to focus to be able to say sir ma'am smile because some martial artists don't smile right <laughs> and, and they never smile yeah and i want my kid to inspire others kenny have you ever felt that notion from from a parent or from a kid before oh definitely and even some of them even verbally expressed that gratitude and of course, of of the young ones, particularly, um, I want to say the, uh, uh, we have a little line for that's our five to seven year old. Mm-hmm. But even some of our parents even gratitude. Oh, he managed to stay still. They managed to pay attention for once, because prior experience they didn't do that. So that's it's always an ex- occurrence that always happens. And again, even though it happens a lot, I'm always like, oh wow. I have an effect on that child. And what I'm teaching, can you stay still or can you do this one particular technique? It's always a feeling that always happens. Probably every week. How do you keep yourself in check too? Like, I I don't want to seem like it's all like, oh, we're great people and we know it. Like, how do you keep yourself in check too? Like, how do you keep your ego in check? How do you be like, yeah, I'm, I'm making a positive effect. I'm changing lives blah 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 but also i still have to be better myself yeah so that's pretty much the answer says so i constantly remind because again i always tell myself i'm always a student no matter what stage of life i'm at right now i'm always a student worrying whatever whatever that thing is or that and then so that's my home one of my homework tools that to get my ass kicked so <laughs> no that's a so that's a good me- thing to know yeah, so yeah, yeah, definitely, especially in fighting games. But um, <laughs> always, I always tell myself that no, I always have to be better, and it's I'm in the, this ongoing life process that be better and whatever that may be, and maybe the steps are not the same or should be the same or what have you. But just know that I'm always getting better in whatever thing I do, and I like to instill that, continue that with others because we're we're not we're not definitive masters until we're freaking dead. You know. As a dad, my daughter's taking dance class right now and martial arts class. Right, right on. You know, she's doing both. And just last week, I sent her mom a video of her dancing. And I was like, she she has a habit of rushing the beat because she likes mm-hmm. to do things correctly. And when she does things correctly, she wants to do it first. But I mm-hmm. had a little talk with her about how it's not always about being first. Sometimes it's about being just on time. And this past week, I'm not saying it's my fault. Maybe she's just getting more mature, but she kind of like 
worried more about whether she was rushing or not. And she was better in time with the tempo of the dance and everything. And I sent her mom a video like, whoa, look at this progress, you know. But um, as a parent, when you see somebody, like like you're saying, who, who thinks that like their crap doesn't stink versus somebody who knows that they have personal improvement to make, trust me, you're going to go for the person who thinks that they have some improvement to make themselves. Because that's the attitude they're going to put into your child's mind. Not that they suck and that they have to get better because they suck. They have to get better because they can be better. And that's something that adults, Kenny, like we said, you teach, all martial arts teachers should be teaching tons of age ranges. It's really good for you. No, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, The older students... They kind of need a little bit of that. They kind of need a little bit of like, I, I don't need to get better because I suck. I need to get better because I sucked yesterday. Today, I want to not suck. Tomorrow, I want to not suck more. The next day, I want to not suck almost completely. You know what I mean? Like, And and the instructors, I, I always say like, I wouldn't ask you to do anything that I haven't either already done or wouldn't volunteer to do myself. because how how dishonest why would i lie to you and be like oh this kick works if i haven't tried it right uh you have to leave the dojo (laughs) if you get stabbed after you leave the dojo because of some (laughs) crap i told you (laughs) i mean that's a burden on all martial arts teachers but Mm -hmm. i mean like you said like this is the person i want my kid to be like somebody said that to me once i still don't know how to take that but you have to take it you have to Mm -hmm. not be egotistical about it but be like hmm something's working i need more of whatever's working so a reminder so so you know the correct answer to that is thank you, but I feel like your kid can be better than I am. Oh, and I want them to. Yeah. And yes. that's and that's the true like mentor. Right? A, a mentor wants you to be so much better than they are. And I say that to people mm-hmm. who really don't exhibit very good technique more than the people who do. Right. Well, it's it. Uh, every student uh, needs something different, right? And they need a goal. You could be better than me. Wow, what a goal to shoot for! I'm not like the dopest, but clearly they think I'm okay if they let me teach them. They think I right. must be pretty good at martial arts. So if right. I'm telling you you can be better than me, and I'm wearing three red stripes on my black belt, what does that mean for you? Right. Well, that's what I told right. I've been telling Kenny since he started. You know, and hopefully one day he'll believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, tattoo of the believe it sign. Right, right. Well, that, that's the thing, right? There is a sword that was um, that I have had passed down to me. Um, so Grandmaster. Mm-hmm. So, forward another uh, lineage thing. Uh, so, I have a Korean Grandmaster. 
he is basically the lineage holder for like three different martial arts. He oh, wow. The, right? His, he's named himself because that's what you do at that point. Right. Jianjiang, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which is Sword Saint, right? So he's been almost 60 for the past 30 years. You don't, you don't, know, <laughs> you don't know how old this guy is because he does not age. Right? right he won't even tell you yeah and you know the guy the guy went through some like he had to learn how to walk again because he had dropped foot because he he was trying to do something uh he had a water skiing accident and then he he w- went hardcore and did some you know crazy traditional chinese medicine and now you can't even tell the guy freaking jumps around like a gazelle you know because he just knew how to fix it, right? So I have this sword. It's beautiful. Like, it's got to be a couple. Uh, I think 1500 bucks was the last time I, I looked at it. It's this beautiful mm-hmm. uh, gold-laden uh, straight sword, the Jian, that, that was given to him as a gift. And he gave it by another grandmaster, uh, Master Cook, who then gave it to somebody else as a gift, Master Leone. Who, when I got my master instructor certificate, gave it to me. So I have three generations of grandmasters that had the sword before me. Holy shot the front freaking up. And the only yep. way I can I can uh, rid myself of that sword is to use it so often and so long that I have trained another master oh, and oh, I can give that sword to him. deep, deep Kung Fu bastards. Yeah, I know. Right. So basically what I'm saying is Kenny, get your <laughs> together. <laughs> Cause you got a dope <laughs> sword in your future son. Yeah. And uh, literally, uh, and here's the thing about, about edge weapons, right? Cult- cultures have different, different things attached to them. We talk about the lightsaber, 360 degree edge, you know, it is, but it's a weapon of peace. It's the sharpest sword in the universe, but it's a weapon of peace. Yeah. And we do in this Mm -hmm. real earthling world, treat it that way. Yeah. And then, you know, we're talking about like different things that, that swords represent in cultures and different cultures as well. So our culture in the lightsaber world is like, this is, you know, we're treating it like that sword. It's a martial arts sword. You know, we're going to give, give uh, martial arts to that weapon, right? And actually give it the love, attention, and hopefully history, you know, in the next 100, 200 years that it needs to actually become that weapon, you know, that, that people revere. Because people have freaking, you know, $30 katana sets, you know, but they don't know how to use them. They don't yeah. actually realize that if they try to hit anything with them or even spin them around, that the blade's going to break because it doesn't yeah. hang. Well, weeds, man. <laughs> yeah. But then we also have, you know, cool shows like Forged in Fire, which tell, tell us, no, this is actually the history of the sword and why they're building it this way and blah, 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 blah. But like, Fode, what was your first lightsaber? Made probably like a toilet paper roll. Kenny, what was your first lightsaber? 
from branch or yeah mine was a broom yeah i mean it was totally not a lightsaber it was not a lightsaber how cool is it that i can give my son a lightsaber and that's his first lightsaber oh shut up Mm -hmm. i never even thought oh i hate you and i love you (laughs) i never even thought of this i gave my daughter one of my old toy lightsabers yeah and she like loves that thing yeah how cool is that you you can actually do that now shut (laughs) up oh i love you guys reenact episode four man (laughs) damn that's profound yeah so i have this awesome lineage sword right that's been through a bunch of stuff and has so much history to it and blah 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 I have a katana that, that is actually over my living room that was gifted to me by a student that's actually very sharp. And it I pronounced that that was my family sword. If it, if anything ever happened to me, that would go to my my son. Right? And that's our family sword, you know. But it's one of those things where it's like if you don't know how to use it, then what the hell's the point? Yeah. So of course I'm going to teach my son how to how to use a katana. Of course I'm going to do that, you know, while I have it or, you know, put point at the guy that taught me how to do it. You know, or point at the guy that I taught how to do it, <laughs> so, you know, or whatever so that we can actually perpetuate our lineage and actually have, you know, our your martial lineage, your familiar lineage, your lightsaber lineage, right? That's that's what I'm looking forward to. And again, Kenny, you have a sword in your future if you so choose to actually get your shit together. <laughs> Kenny, do you remember your first degree black belt test? That was in 2015. Yeah. Do you do you remember what happened in it? Well, I, I remember throwing up. Yeah. Horse dances, everything. Yeah. It was very I hard. Fell down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People fell down. Some people didn't get back up. You know. They, they, they were escorted off before and they're all right if you're if you want this you're gonna have to show that you want it you know and that's and that's kind of how it goes because if we are talking about the product right if you are willing to fall down and then get back up right that says more about your character than anything else and I think that's a good segue into Sith Lightning Round. No, 100%. All of the above. And I think the moral of the story is it's really, really um, rewarding to become an instructor. Yes, absolutely. And, and instructor is instructor is a poor word. Should be teacher. And we should all be shooting for that word, Teacher. Because anybody can instruct you on how to squeeze four fingers in with one thumb to make a fist. But not everybody can teach you how, when, when not, and why that fist matters. Kenny Sith Lightning. You will die. No. Okay. So, uh, Kenny. Let's keep it fun. Uh, Alan, interrupt me whenever you feel like, and we won't even edit it out. Um, first one, first one, what's your favorite Star Wars movie or Star War? I want to say <clears throat> Star Ray Park, episode five. 
episode five man after my own heart nice uh who's your who's your who's your favorite superhero or avenger or whatever if they're in the dc universe avenger Uh, (laughs) swear to me batman batman good pick good pick what does that say about him fode uh he's a ninja He really wants to train people in brightly colored clothes to be just I was going to say, he wants people to be just as depressed as he is and uh, dress in gray and blue pajamas. He wants to make his own enemies. Uh, He wants to take orphans from the circus and make them deadly weapons. Yeah. And have a lot of cool gadgets. Yeah. Pizza or tacos, Kenny? Pizza or tacos? Yeah. How's your pizza? Would you say pizza? I, lo- yep. I knew I liked you. That that has to go with Fode's uh, infamous. What's your favorite t- pizza topping, right? Yeah, let's do oh, it. Oh, you might, you might, you might hate me. Anchovies, dude. That's my favorite pizza top. Shut up! <laughs> Get out of my brain. It's my Who's absolute favorite? favorite pizza topping out of all pizza toppings ever. <laughs> Who's your favorite Ninja Turtle and why is it Raphael? Shut up, is it Raphael? That's my favorite Ninja Turtle. Uh, yeah. Uh, I grew up liking Leonardo because he had swords and I like blue, but the more I go on, I like, uh, like Raph a lot. Dude, Raph is the man. And like I said a hundred times, it takes a real warrior to get good with the damn sigh. It's like the um, hardest weapon aside from the three sectional staff. Alan, I had to get it in for you. Kyle. Yeah. Fun weapon, by the way. Kyle, three sectional staff. <laughs> three sectional saber. <laughs> Kenny, what's your what's your go to saber color? Red. What's your second? Uh blue. Form one or form five? I'll say five. Form six or form two? Two. It's form three or form four. Yeah, well, I like four better. All right, get, get getting metaphysical on you, Kenny. Who's your, who's your favorite Power Ranger? Ooh, uh, I like Red, but man, Green Ranger kicks everyone's asses at that when he showed up. Wait, are we talking about Mighty Morphin? Oh, Green Ranger. I I don't know why I thought Blue Ranger. I was like Billy. <laughs> Triceratops. It's either T Rex or Dragon Man. T Rex or Dragon. That was my follow-up question. Is like slash Zord. So. Oh man, that's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> can't go wrong with Jason Dave Frank. Let's just get slightly more serious. Who is your um? We talked a lot about lineage tonight. So mm-hmm. who in your lineage is kind of one of those like iconic figures to you? Can't say Alan, although he is iconic. <laughs> right. That's the first time I've been called that. I will accept right. that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if that was not my go-to, uh, in terms of teachers and figures that really impact me. Well, just like, um, let me put it to you this way. Like, in my lineage, mm-hmm. somewhere along the lines, what not some, like, one above me, two above me, is uh, Dennis Knackard. Mm-hmm. Big shout-out to Mr. Knackard. Um, he was a huge pioneer in the art of, like, sport karate. You know what I mean? Um, so to me, iconic figure, and I've met the guy. 
you know, several times. His name is on one of my black belt certificates. So, like, who is somebody like that to you where you, like, maybe you haven't met them, maybe you have, but, like, to you, they're just, like, they're somebody that you, like, you know they're special and they're in your lineage. Me, personally, that would be our, he's a grandmaster now, uh, Gary Cook. Um, uh, and I've been hearing stories that he's just a very interesting man and he's just an encyclopedia of forms, period. So, just him being called, be considering an encyclopedia of forms of, and any out here interesting stories about him too. It's like, wow, he's, wow. For me personally, and I've, and I know him very great master too. He's a legend status. True story. To people that are not us, right? There is, there is a, uh, there is a sort of uh, almost, internet famous kind of feeling when you're like oh yeah i got hit by that guy oh yeah you know with martial artists right oh yeah when you meet another martial oh, artist yeah. that you 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 revere um like i i actually took kenny to meet steven seagal shut up yeah actually <laughs> at his yeah very tall man yeah at his so i don't know I, th- I thought i told you this story no but steven seagal is an interesting figure for me because my respect level for him kind of went like a roller coaster like super up when i first learned about him then way down for whatever reason right and then now i'm kind of like yeah but he's like the only white boy that was allowed to teach aikido in japan <laughs> <laughs> only white boy. so i gotta still so, let's talk about talk about lineage right so uh i i came up with a bunch of different instructors and one of them called me out of the blue one day uh he runs his own school you know on the other side of town Mm -hmm. and he's like hey i don't have a demo team and i'm like okay what do you need from me and he's like well i know you have a demo team or or you're putting (laughs) one together so i got this call from steven seagal's wife to be uh to perform for him and i'm like shut up you know he's like no no this is this is the yeah, reason somebody uh somebody called me and told me hey please hold for steven seagal's wife i'm like okay please hold for yeah okay yeah and I'm like, All that right, dude's though. hard to kill yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's one of those things where i'm like all right so there's a story tell me the story and uh, basically what happened is she's she was looking for a uh, a group to perform martial arts at her son's at, at their son's fifth birthday party and uh this is what seven eight years ago kenny i'm not sure i want to say i want to say 2014 so i get all my little junior instructors together and i'm like hey uh do you guys want to you know do what we do and just be awesome, you know, this weekend. And they're like, yeah, sure, whatever. Because most of them didn't know who the hell Steven Seagal were, yeah, was. Yeah, so of course. Like, yeah, yeah, sure. We're going to do this. We're going to go over there. We're going to spend a couple hours. And so I told my teacher, who was like, holy crap, here, do this. And, like, all right. <laughs> and then yeah. I told all the parents, and all the parents were like, oh, yeah, take them all day, whatever. You know, I, I thought it would be, <laughs> I thought it'd be like a – you know, four, six hour experience. It turned out to be a 12 hour experience. Right. So we showed up on time for the party, but we we're all early. 
but the mm-hmm. people that were running the uh she they had like a freaking wildlife lady there like a bird lady that just brought all these yeah stuff she was running late so we had to work we had to wait for her to to get there and then do stuff so you know they fed us we did a whole thing and then we're sitting there in his living room doing our martial arts forms right doing things i'm sitting there with a big chinese drum being the hell out of it and then all the kids in their uniforms got to eat they got to have this party they met the family and everything like that you know and one of the first things you ever do when you go to somebody else, some of these houses you introduce yourself to the hostess you introduce yourself to the host and so i had my kids go and just do that say hello you know and, and do that and then they saw that that was that was like that was kind of cool i gave them a gift you know uh because whenever you go to somebody's house you always bring you know food or mm-hmm. a present or bottle anyway. of wine whatever yeah mm-hmm. and uh we did that uh my teacher gave him a uh let's say to give him a book which was basically you know a book on the 250 year old man and how he did it and then he's he accepted that and then later on during the night everybody everybody could take a picture with him right and so all the kids got got to take pictures with him we took one big group picture and then came down to just me and uh, his wife was like oh come over here take a picture with steven and i was like no i'm good thanks she she was like what and uh and i was like i've looked up to this man most of my life this is the moment i want to remember not a picture holy crap i'd have taken that picture in five seconds (laughs) (laughs) he he looked at me and he's like that's pretty cool and he stood up he he put his hand on my shoulder he's like before you leave i want you to come see me and so i can say goodbye properly i was like Yes, sir. We were about to leave after being at his house for 12 hours um, across town. And basically, he can't, comes out of his room. He, he gives me um, a cold steel pocket knife, which is about the size of my forearm. Right? So it's about that. Pocket knife. Yeah, that's Steven Seagal's pocket size. <laughs> I've been carrying this around in my, uh, with me for about two years, and I want you to have it. And uh, I was like, really? He's like, yeah. Um, shut up do you have steven seagal's knife yeah shut up (laughs) is that the name of this episode steven seagal's knife seagal's knife (laughs) (laughs) his wife was very nice uh she she was very very great uh he was awesome everybody there was awesome um every once in a while i still see that picture pop up uh Mm -hmm. And all I can say is, wow, look how young Kenny looks. Uh, <laughs> Who would you like like to meet? Like for me, if I was going to meet anybody, and apparently I met him when I was like five. Um, but if I was going to meet anybody, I'd like to meet Ernie Reyes Jr. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Who who would mm. you like to meet of the oh, like yeah. martial arts celebrity cast? Well, there's always the... The three, of course, is the franchise movie industry of Jackie, Jet, and Donnie. There's, of course. Okay, fair. Me, for yeah. some reason, Jet, because I, I, I share the same birthday as the dude. Oh, so do you? That's great. In that sense, I share a birthday with Jet Lee. Tell us about if anybody wants to learn Kung Fu or Saber Martial Arts from you, sir, how might they get in contact with you? Yeah, so if you can find me in. 
me personally, you can find me on social media or if you want to work more sharks, I'm in the Avondale area in Arizona. You can find me on Instagram at Kenoy Shinobi Kenny. Ironically, it's not country Kenny. There you go. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so, Kenny Navarro on Facebook, if you find him. Um, also, if you're in the practitioners group, Kenny's in the practitioners group, Saber Martial Arts Practitioners, which is a private group just for affiliates, which mm-hmm. leads us into our yep. affiliates pitch. If you're not already an affiliate or a member of an affiliate school, uh, your homework's several weeks late. <laughs> <laughs> your homework is several weeks late. Good news is you don't get any points off for that. So go to sabermartialarts.life and go fill out a freaking affiliation application. It's cheap as free, and you can get to hang out with Kung Fu Kenny. Uh, do I need any other selling points? I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes I rap. <laughs> sometimes. There you go. Sometimes he, he does Kung Fu, and sometimes he raps. I mean, Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Saber Life, Phoenix Saber Academy. Um go check out Kenny's fights in the Rise of Phoenix tournament and the IGC tournament from the Saber Martial Arts YouTube page. And I think also San Diego Sabres and Phoenix Saber Academy, blah 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 blah. Star Podcast, all that stuff has has links to that. And bring your own saber. Bring your own saber. <laughs>